Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon and welcome into Sports Call on a Tuesday. I am Brooks Childress, back in the driver's seat temporarily for Mr. J.J. Jackson. He'll be here shortly, we uh, we anticipate. He is out handling personal business today, so he doesn't get the t-shirt today, but uh, he's out handling personal business. But I am joined in studio right now by Brant Daughtry, and we have got a great show coming up for you today. We'll get to our birthdays and sports coming up in just a little bit. We'll have an interview with our good friend Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer coming up in the second hour. And of course, we'll close up the show this afternoon with our nightly TV guide as we do every single day with uh, with our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. We'll, we'll close up the show with that. A uh, lot of stuff happening on the planes. Of stuff happening in the sports world. Uh, transfer portal season continues to roll along in the college football world as more and more players enter the transfer portal. We had a, uh, a couple of Auburn players entering the transfer portal uh, today. One officially jumped back in. He took his name out, jumped back in. Uh, we'll talk about that. Auburn continues to, there's still, you know, continues to be rumors out there. Well, not rumors, but uh, confirmed reports of Auburn going after some of these transfer portal guys. You've seen some offers already made. You've seen some uh, offers made to some high school school kids today for this Auburn uh, program. So Hugh Freeze and the Auburn coaching staff that is uh, in place uh, continue to do their recruiting work as they build up toward National Signing Day, the first National Signing Day here in just a few short days. Auburn also, speaking to the coaching staff, made another coaching hire this afternoon. We will get to talk about that. Uh, free agent season in MLB, uh, the World Major League Baseball continues to roll on. The Braves still on Dansby Swanson watch to see where he's going to end up uh, for Braves fans. Uh, You've had a couple more deals that have happened. Uh, and then, of course, the NFL world continues to roll around. The week 13 has come and gone. We are heading into a Falcons bye week, so no Falcons football this week. But Hallelujah. A lot of, a lot of stuff to talk about with those Falcons, uh, especially in their division. A big uh, NFC South game last night between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. And uh, just come across the uh, the timeline here. You had a, a former NFC South quarterback has been claimed off of waivers. Baker Mayfield was just claimed off of waivers by the Los Angeles Rams, who really? are without uh, starting starting quarterback uh, Matthew Stafford for a little bit. He's been off and on these last few weeks. So Baker Mayfield now Ram. I'm sure we'll talk more about that coming up here in a little bit. And of course, as always, we'd love to hear from anything you want to talk about. Bowl season is here, or almost here. You still got the Army-Navy game this week, and then you get into bowl season. Playoff season is here. We learned the Heisman Trophy finalists last night. Uh, The quarterback award is what it's uh, being deemed of now. Oh, absolutely. All four finalists are quarterbacks in the world of college football, so we'll talk all about that. 
And like I said, get your get to your phone calls at 334-887-341 locally or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger nine. I am doing great. Had a great evening last night. Watched that NFC South battle between the Buccaneers and the Saints. Great ending there. Tom Brady proving why once again he is the goat in organizing uh you know a fourth quarter comeback and beating the New Orleans Saints. Uh so shout out to our good friend Ryan Lavoy. His Buccaneers got the win last night. Sorry to our other good friend Trevon Reed. His New Orleans Saints did not get the win last night. So uh well the NFL season continues to roll on. So I had a great night last night. Brant, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I had a very similar night to yours last night, I assume. I uh, went home, ate some dinner, and then watched uh, Bucks and Saints, and that was a, a really good game. Like you said, it was boring for the first three quarters because it looked like the Saints were about to run away with it, but they could never quite put Tampa away. And then, like you said, Tom Brady is the, the greatest quarterback of all time for a reason because he can do things like that. And, you know, it felt <laughs> no one was really shocked when they completed that comeback um but it's it's just incredible what he's been able to do for such a long period of time and yeah uh more coaching staff rumors uh hires wesley mcgriff is confirmed he is going to be a, a secondary coach for auburn it looks like he is going to take safeties and zach etheridge is going to take corners or uh maybe flip-flop that i'm not sure but uh still is uh, not confirmed it's interesting you've filled out pretty much your entire defensive staff except for your defensive coordinator which, which is kind of weird because backwards. usually the defensive coordinator is the guy that's like hey these are the guys i yes. want let's go hire them exactly but it, it makes me think that maybe hugh freeze wants a little more involvement in this defense than I thought he would or we have seen from offensive guys in the past but maybe he's just he's got somebody in mind and he's building the best staff he thinks is possible so we'll see how that goes and uh, recruiting is uh, really kicking up you've got uh, over a thousand names in the transfer portal now I know some people hate that number being that high but I think that's just where we are right now it, it just it is what it is and uh you know, get used to it because I don't think that number is going to go down anytime soon. Uh, I, I think that you're going to have hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of guys entering the portal over uh, all levels of college football uh, as long as the transfer portal is what it is right now. And, you know, I, I think the era of player agency is is here. I think it's here in college football. I think that some parameters need to be put on it, but I don't think you can stop what you have started here. Um and yeah, other than that, I'm doing good, man. Had a great day. Uh, watched some World Cup uh, action. Yeah, that was fun. Portugal benched Cristiano Ronaldo for this game. For those who don't know, Cristiano Ronaldo is uh, a top five soccer player ever. Yeah. You put him in the so, top five ever? Say, some people would call him the Tom Brady of soccer. Some people would call him the Tom Brady of soccer. Some would call him the best. I think others would disagree. It depends on if you're from Portugal or if you're from somewhere else. But uh, certainly the greatest Portuguese soccer player of all time and certainly one of the, the top two that are currently active, him and Lionel Messi, uh, certainly the top two, uh, or, or at least have been in the past, even though both of them are a little bit older right now. But anyway, they benched Cristiano Ronaldo, who's, like I said, the best player in team history. And uh, won six to one over over uh, Switzerland today, and that's Switzerland's a pretty good team. They were not expected. I, I think that most people had Portugal winning this game, not six to one though, especially not after benching Cristiano Ronaldo. So that's a, a really interesting development there. And uh, yeah, man, this World Cup's been a lot of fun. It's probably the most attention I've paid to the World Cup uh, in a couple of years. So. Uh, I mean, obviously it's tough, too, because that only happen every four years and you go through seasons of change. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of fun watching this World Cup and uh, hopefully can can do that uh, as 
uh, what's next? The semifinals, uh, the quarterfinals, quarterfinals yep. are set now. Uh, so, hope uh, I think uh, that gets started on Thursday. I think Thursday or Thursday Friday. Thursday or Friday. Yeah, yeah, one of those two. I think it's two days from today. So yeah, Friday. Um, so yeah, can't wait. Can't wait, man. It's uh, a lot of stuff going on in the sports world, as we uh, as you just touched on it. Uh, new Auburn offensive or defensive assistant hired today, Wesley McGriff. This is his third stint. Count one, two, three. His third stint as an assistant coach with the Auburn Tigers. Uh, he is now the. Uh, I think that's this is the first time you've had a coach on his third stint as an assistant coach here with the Tigers. A lot of people on Twitter have been pointing out Will Muschamp was here as a GA, but he was not, that's not an official assistant role. Right. And so uh, there's been a couple of guys who have had it twice. Yes. Will Muschamp being one of those, uh, but this this is the first time I've seen somebody with three. Uh, Justin Ferguson was keeping a running tab, and we're going to talk to Ferg about this later, I'm sure, when he comes on the show at 4:30. But it it's been a it's been a wild time watching these coaching hires maybe happen and maybe not. Uh, you ended up not taking Matt Luke; you instead took another Ole Miss guy as your offensive line coach. So it's been a lot, and I'm really interested to see how this all comes together. He was the co-defensive coordinator at Louisville in his uh, most recent stop uh, a couple years ago. I'm sure a lot of Auburn fans will remember he was the defensive coordinator at Ole Miss. And so he's he's had a lot of experience in the Southeast. Uh, as we said, two other stints with the Auburn Tigers on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, once under Gus Malzahn, or no, twice under Gus Malzahn, correct? I can't remember. I remember when Wesley McGriff left. I can't remember what his first stint was. But he uh, it, he is back for his third, on, with this time under Hugh Freeze. Don't know who the defense coordinator is going to be yet. But uh, yeah, it's uh, what you know. You, you mentioned a little bit uh, about it, Brant. But what do you what do you, what are your thoughts on this this hire bring bringing in McGriff again? Oh, I, I love Wes McGriff, Crime Dog. He's he's one of those guys that everywhere he's been. He's done a pretty good job, especially as a position coach. I know his tenure as a defensive coordinator at Ole Miss was not wonderful, but uh, he, he's he's a really good position coach, and he is only going to be handling uh, either just corners or just DBs because Zach Etheridge or uh, just safeties because uh, Zach Etheridge is going to be taking the other spot. So that'll be a lot of fun. And, and the the rumor is you could bring in Travis Williams to be your linebackers coach. Or, and actually, Christian Robinson is going to stay on as the linebackers coach, one would assume. Uh, and Travis Williams has been the rumored D.C. And if you do bring in Travis Williams, it appears that Travis Williams and Wes McGriff are going to be co-defensive coordinators. Uh, so that one, that's pretty interesting to me. But I, I love this hire with him as a, a position coach. He's an excellent recruiter. He makes good players uh, out of great recruits. And uh, I can't wait to see what he does. Auburn football continues to roll on, continues in the offseason with recruiting, getting their coaching staff put together for Hugh Freeze, heading into his first season as the head coach of the Auburn Tigers. Let's go ahead and take our first break of the show. When we come back, we'll get to our birthdays in sports, presented by Max Credit Union. And during this time out, you're listening on Tiger 95.9. We'll talk to Ryan LaVoy for our weather update. We'll be right back. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
Welcome back to a Tuesday edition of Sports Call. I'm Brooks Childress, temporarily sitting in the seat of the driver, J.J. Jackson. Also known as the driver's seat. Yeah. I started to say the seat, and then I just had to go with where I where I left myself. But Brant Daughtry's here. J.J. Jackson's handling some personal business. He'll be joining us shortly, we assume. His name's on the tweet, so we assume he's coming back at some point. <laughs> but... We roll on on a Tuesday. If you missed yesterday's show, the Monday edition of Sports Call, JJ, Tom Peavy, Canberry, and Mr. Brant Daughtry. Hello, that's me. They chatted about the uh, championship weekend and the college football playoff. They also talk about talked about the transfer portal and its first day open yesterday. If you missed any of that, make sure you go check it out anywhere you get your podcasts. The uh, Sports Call podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Coca-Cola. They, uh, you can find it, like I said, literally anywhere. There's a link to it right now on our Twitter feed at Sports Call AU if you want to go directly there. 334-887-34 when locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger 9 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. We'll get the, to the Auburn Bank phone line in just a little bit. But first, we want to do like we do every single day, one of our favorite segments. It's time for birthdays and sports. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports brought to you by our friends over at Max Credit Union. Visit them online at www.mymax.com. They've got a few locations in the Auburn Opelika area. Of course, 336 North Gay Street in Auburn. And of course, on Frederick Road over in Opelika. You can find them there. You can also find multiple locations throughout East Central Alabama for your convenience. Max Credit Union proud partners with us for these sports calls, birthdays, and sports. Starting off in the NFL world, it's the place kicker for the San Francisco 49ers. Robbie Gould is turning 40 years old today. Is it pronounced Gould? I guess. Gold? Gold. I thought it was gold. I'm not sure. I, I always thought it was Gould. I don't know. Robbie. We'll call him Robbie. Happy birthday, Robbie. Rob. Rob was Robert. a walk-on at Penn Robert, State. Oh. Let's go Nittany Lions. We are. Where he became a four-year starter. He signed with the Patriots. Let's go Pats as a free agent. Never making the active roster. Let's though. go Pats. <laughs> After a brief stint as a construction worker, Robbie was signed by the Chicago Bears where he spent the next 10 years as the starting kicker and became the franchise's all-time leading scorer. He's a one-time All-Pro. Robbie Gold, Gould, however you pronounce it, turning Roberto. 40 years old today. Happy birthday, Robbie. Turning 30 years old is the quarterback for the Zappers of the fan-controlled football, Johnny Football, Johnny, Johnny Manziel. Manziel. Turning 30 years old. Can't give it up, baby. With the NFL, the CFL, and the AAF. He's made the rounds. Manziel was a three-star quarterback out of Texas and signed with the Aggies of Texas A&M. Gig him. After redshirting for one year, Manziel became the Aggies starter as redshirt freshman in 2012 and became the college football world and took the college football world by storm, culminating with a win over number one Alabama in Tuscaloosa. He became the fifth player in college football history to throw over 3,000 yards, rushed for over 1,000, and became the first freshman to ever win the Heisman Trophy. He's taken 22nd overall by the Browns in the 2014 NFL Draft. Johnny Football, 30 years old today. I uh, was at the 2012 Auburn Texas A&M game. I'm sorry. Uh, final score of that one, I believe, was 63 to 12. Uh, sat through every snap of that game. That's my claim to fame as an Auburn fan: is I was at that game and I did not leave until it was over. And uh, yeah, I think he scored five touchdowns in the first half, Nuts. and then then did not play in the second. Um, that was that was an insane game. And then, of course, everybody really learned who he was when they beat Alabama that year. And that was a fun time. 
Heisman Trophy winner. Auburn did go on to beat them in 2013. Yeah, they did. Shout out to D Ford. Big big sack there from Mr. Ford on Johnny Manziel. One of my, you know, you go around. I don't know if you, you don't seem like a you're you're not a big jersey guy. You got an you've got an uh, Auburn jersey. I've got a I like jerseys. I uh I only have one or two if you count my old high school jersey. But that counts. I don't. All right, well, um, it's in a shadow box. The um. One of my most random jerseys that I have is a Texas A&M Johnny Football jersey. Those jerseys that they had back then, those their little like half drop shadow look. Yeah, I loved that. I loved the way those jerseys were designed, and now they're just a boring block letters with no shadow. Maybe that we makes should, me sad. We used to do Jersey Thursday for a we while. We did. We said we were going to do it again, yeah. and then we just never did. Yeah, I I, I take uh, take responsibility for that because I tried to instigate it, and then I completely forgot about it. Nice. So we may need to bring that back, and I may need to bring the Johnny Football jersey out of the back of the closet. That's a, it's, that's a good one, man. Uh, moving on, turning 28 <laughs> years old today is the forward for the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo. So good. So good at basketball, so hard to to, uh, pronounce his name. Giannis was born in Athens, Greece, and began playing professional basketball at age 17. 2013 NBA draft, he was taken 15th overall by the Bucks, made his debut uh, before his 19th birthday. How about that? Broke out in 2016, is now recognized as one of the best players in the NBA. He's a six-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA player, four-time All-Defensive Teamer, one-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year, 2017 NBA uh, Most Improved Player. He's a two-time NBA MVP, a one-time NBA Finals Champion, and one-time Finals MVP. Played the... uh, the Orlando Magic last night is what the Bucks and the Magic faced off last night. So Giannis turning 28 years old. I don't know if he's playing on his birthday. I have to look that up. And uh, little known fact about Giannis, he was so very close to being an Atlanta Hawk. <laughs> he was so close. And the Bucks just happened to snatch him up like right before the Hawks picked. It was honestly heartbreaking to look back on. But he has found real, he has found a, a ton of success in Milwaukee. And uh, I would say so. Probably. Probably my favorite player in the NBA is Giannis because he's he's such a humble guy. Like he is arguably the best player in the NBA right now, and uh, you would never know it just from talking to him. But you, you could probably tell from looking at him, given that he's like seven feet tall and two hundred forty pounds and runs like a deer. The Greek freak turning twenty eight years old. He does not play on his birthday. Played the Magic last night. Will play the Kings tomorrow night, and so he he gets the day off for his birthday. So happy much, birthday, much Giannis. Uh, turning 45 Giannis starts with a G. That's correct. Turning 45 years old today is the manager for the Tampa Bay Rays, Kevin Cash. Something the Rays don't do, spend cash. Mm. But Kevin Cash is their manager turning 45 years old. Cash played college baseball at Florida State, go Knowles, where he was made uh, he made two college world series appearances. After college, signed with the Toronto Blue Jays as an undrafted free agent in the year 2000. Made his major league debut in 2002 and played until 2010. He began coaching in 2012 and was hired as a manager of the Rays in 2015. He's a two-time AL manager of the year. Kevin Cash turning 45 years old. They've had a big biz- visitor down in the Tampa area these last two days. Did you seen uh seen that? Oh, are you, you mean Judge? Aaron Judge, yeah. yeah he took I, in I've Monday night football. The he took in Monday night football last night down there. Oh yeah. And so he's uh getting wined and dined around the Major League Baseball world. Hey man, the Atlanta Braves need a left fielder. Well, see if they are just a corner outfielder. I don't care where he plays. I just want him. Move Acuna to the other spot, whichever one's more comfortable. Kevin Cash trying to wine and dine Aaron Judge to come to the Rays. I don't know if the Rays would spend that kind of cash though. 
Uh, former MLB outfielder turning 34 years old today is Adam Eaton. Eaton played college baseball at Miami of Ohio. Let's go Red Hawks as a two-way player. He was taken in the 19th round of the 2010 draft by the Diamondbacks, made his debut in 2013 after being named MVP of the Pacific Coast League. In 2019, he won a World Series with the Nationals. He retired from baseball in 2021. Adam Eaton turning 34 years old today. Happy birthday, Adam. And then finally turning 43 today is a former Australian midfielder in the soccer world, Timmy Cahill. Cahill grew up in a rugby family but fell in love with soccer. At 18, he moved from Australia to England to begin his pro career with Millwall. Transferred to Premier League club Everton a few years later, where he spent most of his career. He made 108 appearances for the Australian national team, including four World Cup tournaments and one Summer Olympics. Timmy Cahill turning 43 years old today. Shout out to Everton. Shout out to Everton. Shout out to Millwall. Shout out to Timmy Everton's Cahill. based in London, aren't they? Uh, Liverpool. Liverpool. Their big rival is Liverpool. Liverpool, yeah. Where's uh, Millwall from? Uh, great question, England. All right, cool. <laughs> I'll, uh, I feel like Googling Millwall because they're a championship team, right? They're not they a are. Premier League club. No, they are not a Premier League club. For those who don't know, the championship is like the minor leagues of the Premier League. That's how yeah. European soccer works. Not, I would, except, no. you, except you can do so bad in the Premier League that you get sent down. And you can do You're very good. You're the club, not the player. And you can do very good in the championship, the championship and go yeah. up to the Premier League. So that it's not true. really minor league. It's like second division. Yeah. So happy they birthday. They lost uh, uh, 3-0 to Sunderland. Oh, today. I don't know. Happy birthday, Robbie Gould, Millwall, Johnny Manziel, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Cash, Adam Eaton, Timmy Cahill. Shout out to my fiance's cat, Dumplin'. It's her birthday today. She turned five today, didn't she? She did turn she five did, today. Yeah. So I saw that. There will be a cake enjoyed tonight, not by the cat, though. <laughs> there has been a cake made. So happy birthday to everybody out Millwall. there. Millwall is based in southeast London. Ah. Of course. Happy birthday to you if it's your birthday on this December the 6th. That is looking at birthdays in sports. Brought to you by our friends over at Max Credit Union. How many soccer stadiums are in London? Oh, there's... How big is London? Pretty big. I've never been, but how many? That is a great question. A lot. Too many, probably, but... Evidently. We will... Like, uh, I went to Brazil, right? Like, that's the soccer capital of the world. I saw, like, three... In, and I went through like Sao Paulo, like one of the massive cities in that st- in that country. Anyway, continue. All right. Well, we will head a lot to of our, soccer in London. A lot of soccer in London. Millwall's in London. Timmy Cahill, happy birthday. We tied them, USA. <laughs> we did. What we're not going to tie, we're going to win in our next segment because we're going back to the Auburn Make phone line right after this. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9.
Sports Call on a Tuesday rolls on. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or you just want to hear something again, make sure you listen to Sports Call Podcast. You can listen to that podcast on SoundCloud. That's where our podcast originates every single day. That's the first place it gets posted every single day. You can find a link to our SoundCloud page on Twitter right now at Sports Call AU. Takes you right to our SoundCloud page. We've got so many podcasts. While you're there, if you got a SoundCloud account, give us a follow. we got 2,715 tracks for you to listen to on our SoundCloud page right now if you want to go back and listen to anything that we've ever posted from interviews or special segments and anything. So check us out on SoundCloud. The sports world never stops turning, it seems like, and uh, that continues on as breaking news just happened, according to Matt Zenitz, senior national college football reporter for On3 Sports, reporting that UNLV is expecting to hire Arkansas defensive coordinator Barry Odom as its next head coach out there in Vegas. Why is this significant, you may ask? Well, one, because he was the Arkansas defensive coordinator. He was uh, So he's in the SEC. Two, because he was a name on the list of potential defensive coordinators for the Auburn Tigers that Hugh Freeze could have could uh, could have been considering and now it appears that his name is off of the DC candidate board for the Auburn Tigers as Hugh Freeze continues to put together his staff we'll talk more about that and we'll talk more about the rest of Auburn football's coaching staff as we go along here on the program. 334-887-341 locally, toll free one triple eight nine tiger night That's how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. Be- uh, before we talk about anything, let's go back to that Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today, and we will head down to the state capitol, and it is... James from Montgomery. James from Montgomery is joining us on Sports Call this afternoon. James, how are you doing today? I'm good, and War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, I know that this is a bowl weekend for a lot of college teams, and I just, I'm just very curious if Alabama is going to win uh, their bowl season. Yeah, they've got a big one coming up here in uh, right after the first of the year in January second, I believe, down at the Sugar Bowl versus Kansas State, the Big Twelve champions. So it should be a really, really fun game, uh, part of the New Year's Six bowls. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm actually going to be watching that game, and I do have Kansas State favorite to win to beat uh, Alabama. So I know that's going to be a really uh, good matchup between uh, Kansas uh, State and Alabama. So I think these two teams have never played before, but I'm not quite sure when they're actually first time meeting with Kansas State. So I think, uh, you know, Alabama has been to the Sugar Bowl before. Yeah. So this won't be like their first uh, rodeo in the Sugar Bowl. And um, Kansas State has won uh, the Big 12 uh, championship. So uh, this will be like their fourth or fifth time actually meeting up with Alabama. And they have a great quarterback in Kansas State. So I think... Kansas State is going to actually just walk the game down, you know, when they play against Alabama as well. Yeah, James, this is actually the first time that Alabama and Kansas State will have ever met. The two have never played against each other. Okay, okay, okay. So so it will be their first time ever uh, meeting each other for the first time, actually. Yeah, and it's a big stage, big platform down at the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans, so it should be a really fun game. Is that the only bowl game you're excited about, James, or what other ones you you looking forward to? Um, I'm actually looking forward to the big one this coming up weekend on December the 10th, uh, Navy and Army. That's one of my favorite uh, 
talking bowl games ever. I always uh, been watching the Army Navy game for years, and um, basically for me, I do have a couple of friends that are serving in the um, Navy, and my dad, he's a former Army. Um, you know, he he served in the army during the uh, Vietnam War. So me and him, we actually watched that game together, and uh, we have a, a great uh, son, a great father son uh, rivalry when we're watching that game together as well. So do you, you've got a few friends in the Navy, and you, your dad served in the army. So does that mean, and you does that mean you're rooting for Army, or are you rooting for Navy in in the game? <laughs> No, I'm actually rooting for Navy. Okay, so, is, so like you is, said, you, you get a little little father-son rivalry going on there. Yeah, because I have a couple of friends uh, that are actually in the Navy, and then with my dad, um, you know, serving in, well, used to serve in the Army, and we watch a lot of football games together as well. So you're really excited to watch this weekend, uh, watch the game this weekend with your dad, huh? Well, actually, I'm not at home. I'm actually in Tuscaloosa, so okay. I will be watching that game as well. And uh, it, it's a very, very good uh, father-son moment, you know, to be around my dad and, uh, you know, getting, you know, he's always asking me a lot of football questions and stuff because I, I for me, in high school, I used to play uh, sports, actually, and one of my favorite sports was football as well. So that's why I know so much about uh, football games as well. So you're going to be sending a couple messages his way on the, during the game on Saturday? Yes, I am. I am going to do that as well. And um, I'm going to be watching some other uh, college football games. I'm actually going to be watching Georgia and seeing if they're going to win in their bowl game and uh, seeing if they're going to advance to, you know, to the national championship. I hope uh, they'll they'll actually get a big win uh, against the Georgia, uh, you know, with Georgia Bulldogs as well. And actually, I would like to see another Alabama-Georgia um national championship game sometime real soon well it, it'll have to be sometime uh not too soon because alabama's not in the playoff this year so georgia's getting set to take on ohio state in the peach bowl up in atlanta so that should be a really fun game ohio state's a really good football team georgia of course the sec champions are really really good football team so should be a fun game they'll go up against you know either michigan or tcu in the other game the fiesta bowl those two will play so both of those games should be really really fun are you looking forward to uh the camellia bowl coming up here um actually i am i will be actually going to that in person and on top of that that is the same week that my mom that my mom and dad uh is having their uh anniversary the same week as the camellia bowl as well well big week for you for your family then Yes, as well, because um, my mom and dad, they've been married 40 years, so uh, they're looking forward to it. And every year on December the 27th, I always uh, set something up for them as well. And, um, you know, getting to, you know, getting to get some insight on how their marriage is and uh, you know maybe one day I might want to get married sometime real soon and uh, you know learning a lot from them as well absolutely that that sounds like a good plan for you what else you got for us today James well I'm actually uh, going to be watching some NBA uh, 
basketball. Um, I'm seeing if my Dallas Mavericks are going to be playing against the Denver Nuggets and seeing if we're going to keep a winning streak going and uh, seeing what's going to what's really going to happen if we're if we're going to make it to the NBA Finals this year. Yeah, it should be a really fun game tonight. You take on the Nuggets. Y'all won uh, la- or two- yesterday. You beat the Suns one thirty to one eleven. You beat the Knicks on Saturday one twenty or yeah one twenty one to one hundred. So you're on a two game win streak right now with those uh, Dallas Mavericks looking to push it to three games as you get ready to take on the Denver Nuggets. Should be a, a really fun game tonight. You're going to watch the Lakers and the Cavs right before them too? Um, I am. I'm actually going to be watching that as well and seeing what the uh, Lakers are actually going to do and uh, seeing what LeBron James is uh, really going to bring to his team as well. Well, good to hear. Good to hear. What else you got for us today, James? Well, I'm actually um, I'm very very happy that uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last night. I was watching the game on uh, YouTube, and um, you know having a great a great season actually. And I am uh, very happy to see that Tom Brady uh, won that game last night, seventeen sixteen. And when I looked at the score, I thought that score reminded me of the old Iron Bowl score, seventeen sixteen, at, at you know when when that game uh was played yeah uh years ago and that that score actually you know reminded me of the iconic uh alabama auburn score 17 16 as well would you have liked tom brady to play at auburn when he was in college um yes i would love to have uh tom brady actually playing at auburn as well if he was playing in college and that would have been a very very good thing as well so i'm just going to see uh who's going to step up for auburn next year with our new head coach uh, hugh freeze and um i might as well show him around you know show him around the campus and uh you know make him feel welcome at home yeah i'm sure he'd love to get a tour from you james i'm sure you you could show him all the cool spots would you would you take hugh freeze to karaoke night um, well, actually, I would, but I don't. Um, I don't know about that as well because okay. some of the spots in downtown Auburn, like right around uh, South College Street, um, I know one. Um, I know there's uh, the Sky Bar, and that that's one of my favorite favorite bars actually to go to. And um, I've been going to the Sky Bar ever since, so it's um, it's a very very good. Uh, uh, nightclub to actually go to and then I got to some other nightclubs in Auburn as well so I have a, a lot of different varieties of uh, nightclubs as well. Okay all right so you, you like to be diverse there so you mentioned you watched the Buccaneers and Saints last night what did you think of your Cowboys performance on Sunday night against the Colts beat them 54 to 19? That was a really good game uh, with my Cowboys and uh, seeing that Prescott giving me a lot of points on uh, fantasy and uh, uh, Javon Turpin giving me a lot of fantasy points as well. And um, it, it was a really good game, so I'm hoping that, you know, week 14, I, I'm hoping that we'll win and uh, keeping it up. Then we're looking into the playoff uh, spot, so I'm hoping that we'll make it to the Super Bowl as well. Yeah, you know, week 14 coming up here Sunday. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are back at home versus the 1-10-1 Houston Texans. So a little in-state rivalry action there against a, a very uh, much struggling Houston team. So you think the, the Cowboys can get it done this weekend, right? Yes, as well, because we're, we're actually adding some new uh, players to our roster, to our 53-man roster. We're just adding um, 
we're going to be adding Odell Beckham Jr., so he's already a Cowboy, so we're just going to work with him uh, this coming up week and seeing um, what he's going to bring, uh, you know, when, when he actually goes through uh, training camp as well. Yeah, that'd be really big if the Cowboys could sign Odell Beckham. I don't know if he, he'd be ready in time for this weekend or, or into the regular season, but if y'all could get him in there for playoff time, that could be a, a really big uh, addition for the Cowboys. What else you got for us today, James? Well, I'm actually going to be looking at my Dallas Stars tonight okay. and seeing what we're going to do. And I know um, I haven't been keeping up with my Dallas Stars very often, so I'm just trying to, you know, keep everything, um, you know, everything in 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 check with my with my um, former teams of uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area. So it's kind of hard for me to keep everything, you know, intact as well. Well, the Stars are 14-6-5 right now, so they've got a pretty good record. They're taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. And then you, uh, the Stars just won their last game on Sunday, 6-5 to five in a shootout over – or no, they lost the 6-5 to five in a shootout to the, the Wild. So they are on a two uh, a one-game losing skid after winning a couple in a row before, uh, before they met the Wild. So trying to bounce back after a loss on Sunday against the Maple Leafs now. Yeah, so I think uh, we might make it to the NHL um, Stanley Cup playoffs. So it's um, it's too far to determine. So I just have to see what the stars will actually do. And I'm actually going to be um, looking at my other uh, team, the Texas uh, Legends. Uh, we play. Uh, I think we play a game this coming up week. We're actually playing, they're coming up here to Birmingham to play the Birmingham uh, Squadron. So that's going to be a really good game. I'm hoping I'll make it to that game and uh, seeing um, a great uh, NBA G League uh, basketball game sometime real soon. Yeah, the uh, the the Texas Legends are going to play up in Birmingham two, st- two straight days. They're going to be on December 29th and December 30th. So hopefully you can get up there and uh, get to see them one of those two days. you got two chances to see them in Birmingham. So hopefully uh, you get the chance to go up there. That'd be really, really cool. See anything else before we have to let you go today, James? Um, no, I don't have anything else. So I'll just um, probably call you all back on um, Friday as well. All right. Well, we'll talk to you then. Uh, War Eagle, James. All right. War Eagle. That was James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-341 locally or toll-free at one 9 tiger 9 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. We'll get to your phone calls uh, as they come in. And so, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you a big G League guy? Uh, I'm. I follow Auburn guys in the G League. Okay. Uh, but I don't really follow uh, the College Park Skyhawks or the Hawks affiliate, and they're the the only other G League team that I play. I pay uh, any real attention to, which even that is very little. Would you be interested in going to a? Uh, uh, would you Would you go to a G League game? Like if you were? Yeah, sure. Would you buy tickets to a G League game? I think so. Okay. I know there's there's a. I, I probably wouldn't go by myself. There are certain sporting events that I would go to without anyone there. I don't think I'd go to a G League game by myself, but, or uh, but I, I definitely think that uh, if I was with a group of people that wanted to go to a G League game, I would attend. Okay. I'd, How expensive are G League tickets? That's a great question. I've, let me, let me I've hit up looked, the Ticketmaster. I've looked a couple times, but I don't remember because I've looked at the College Park Skyhawks, and then I've also looked at the Birmingham Squadron because you've got two G League teams. Pretty clo- close proximity to us now. Yeah, with it, wh- who are the who are the um, 
the squadron affiliated with? Uh, the Pelicans. Pelicans. The, okay. It came. It was down to Mobile or Birmingham that was going to get the G League team. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mobile, I think, made a big push because you know that that's a little closer proximity for. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans to have their G League team at, but they decided to go up to Birmingham and uh, move in and take residence up at Legacy Arena up there. Good, good facility up there at Legacy Arena. I've been up there once for a basketball game. Uh, not the squadron. It was the Auburn St. Louis a couple of years ago in that uh, Mike Slide right, Invitational. Right. But it was, uh, yeah, it's it's a good venue for basketball. Um, yeah, you can get uh, pretty solid tickets, pretty decent tickets for about ten bucks. Cool. You know the the most expensive ticket that they offer is a hundred and ten, and that is and that's like courtside. Oh, that's honestly maybe worth it. You know, get, yeah. Get hold a couple, on, let me see how like close we are. Courtside seats at a, and it's kind of the kind of sounds lame. You get a courtside seat at a G League game. It's but not like, quite courtside, but it is darn close. Well, well, then I don't you're know if you're I'd sitting do it. right behind the people that are courtside. I don't know if I'd do it then. 110 for courtside at a G League game, I'd probably do it, but like right behind, and I don't know if I'd do your it. Your standard general admission along the uh, the baseline is uh, about 10 bucks. Okay. Yeah. Well, now we know that. Yeah. I don't know if anybody oh, out here's there can some tell, but we're trying, to, we're trying to kill time. Here's we, some actual courtside seats. Right. It's hundred $100 for a, for a seat that is actually courtside Hold on the baseline. It's $100 for courtside, but $110 to sit behind courtside? Uh, if you are willing to sit on the baseline, then yes. That's right. if you want to sit on the sideline, then it is a little bit more expensive than the baseline. I do one hundred and ten dollars for baseline courtside. That's where uh, some of the okay. Here we go. Say. Here's base. Here's baseline sideline. That's, that's that's contradictory. What do we do? Or uh, courtside sideline? Excuse right. me. That one is also one hundred dollars. Am I reading this right? I hope so. I'd do it. Is this College yeah, Park or is this Birmingham? This is College Park okay, versus the it. main Celtics um, today, tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. Okay. So about the time this show ends. You want to cut off a little bit early? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, like I said, 334-887-34. Locally toll-free, one 9 how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on that Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Cause we're about to head to our top of the hour break. You call in, we'll get your phone calls lined up, get you on the other side of the break a lot of stuff to talk about still auburn football continues to build its coaching staff roster continues to make offers to high school kids and transfer portal kids that are that the tigers and hugh fraser looking to bring in and build this roster up heading into next season bowl season is here and we'll talk all about that we'll talk all about the world of sports when we come back after this top of the hour break, if you're listening on Tiger 95.9 live, thank you so much for tuning in live. Sports Report is coming up during this break. And when we come back, more sports call on the other side. You're listening to a Tuesday edition of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show.
One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Tuesday edition of Sports Call rolls on. I'm Brooks Childress, sitting temporarily, I'm assuming, in the seat. We've already gone through an hour, though. Without Mr. J.J. Jackson, he's handling some personal business. Brent Daughtry joins me in studio. Hello. We'll talk to Justin Ferguson coming up here from the Auburn Observer this hour. I like that guy. He's good. We haven't talked to him in a few weeks, have we? It's been a few been weeks. A while. So we'll we'll get his uh, thoughts on the Auburn football offseason so far. Talk a little bit about Auburn basketball. Is they're in a prep mode? They've got an off day today. Basketball is not playing this after or to not practicing today. Today is an off day. They'll get back to the practice gym tomorrow afternoon as they continue to work on their finals week. As does all of the rest of the Auburn University students. So shout out to all any students out there listening to us. Uh, good luck promise you will make it through me and uh, brant both are college graduates we made it through correct barely for me but you know we made it through um and you're gonna make it through too so it I, is uh, we the worst it we, is the absolute worst yep. but uh it only lasts for a week we believe in you and you know keep keep grinding away keep getting those midnight snacks at the auburn student center and all that and but yeah, Auburn basketball continues to roll. Get you a stress week. ball or yeah. something. Uh, get you, you know, a stress pillow to punch or scream into. If you're listening to this show, stop. Go study. <laughs> we have a too. podcast. Yeah, you can listen to it later. Or you know, you could if you're on a study break, don't listen to podcasts later because you got to study later. It, it works both yeah, ways. That's fair. If you're just at lunch. But Auburn basketball, as I said, continues to work through their finals week. They'll be back at the practice court tomorrow, getting ready for a Saturday trip to Atlanta for the holiday hoops giving event. They'll take on the Memphis Tigers up there. The Auburn Tigers are number eleven in the country now in the AP poll. Love. Three SEC teams ahead of them: Arkansas, Alabama, and Tennessee. Uh, both, all three of those teams, of course, if Auburn's 11th, that means all three of those teams are in the top 10, 7, 8, and 9, uh, respectively, for Tennessee, Alabama, and Arkansas. SEC basketball continues to roll on. Kentucky still ranked. At, what What is your thoughts, Brent? Let me, let me pose this question to you. Pose. There are three teams in the top 10 for the SEC, four teams in the top 15, and none of them are Kentucky. Kentucky is sitting at 16th right now in the AP poll. Mm-hmm. Shame. Who would have thought that? Like a, a couple years ago, if you, if I told you there's four teams in the SEC in the top fifteen and one of them is not Kentucky, what what would you have said? I mean, I'd, I'd be shocked for sure. Um, you know, I and it's still Calipari as the head yeah, coach. Yeah, John Calipari still there. He's still getting incredible talent. Uh, it's you know, it, it would be shocking to be sure because I mean, I. I will always go back to, man, that team that he had that won every single game they played until they made it to the Final Four was just – that was an insane team to watch. And it's not like that he's he, – it's not like he's only done that once. You know, he's had insane team after insane team. And it just 
it really feels like the rest of the SEC is just starting to catch up to to, to Calipari, um, and that he is not he is not able to get by just by recruiting insane talent at this point. It, it used to be that the rest of the SEC just didn't seem to care as much. At least Auburn did not, or uh, Auburn was just in a in a really bad spot. And then you know it seems like everybody else in the SEC started to care about basketball all at the same time. And so now you've got five or six teams that seem to be a threat to, to make a run every single year uh, to win the to win the SEC championship, to make deep runs in the NCAA tournament. So I would have been shocked if you told me eight years ago. Uh, I think four years ago, I would not have been nearly as shocked. And knowing what I know now, it's not surprising at all because I think that Alabama has invested. I think Arkansas and Tennessee and Auburn have all really invested in these basketball programs over the last couple of years, and you have seen it trending in this direction. And I think we are we're now seeing this is just where we are at this step in the process, and Calipari is going to have to adjust. Mississippi State is the final SEC team that is ranked this week. They jumped into the rankings for the first time this week. They're at number 24, down at the very bottom of the top Flying 25. Up. They're still undefeated. They're 8-0. Uh, three SEC teams are undefeated, one of those, of course, being the Auburn Tigers. Auburn and Mississippi State are both 8-0. The Missouri Tigers are 9-0. They have not lost a game yet. They're not ranked yet, though, but they are 9-0. Looking at the SEC basketball standings, nobody is below 500 as a below 500 record. The worst two teams right now are Vanderbilt and South Carolina, they sit at 500 at four and four apiece. Texas A&M is at five and three. Florida, uh, six and three. Ole Miss and Kentucky both sit at six and two. Georgia sits at seven and two. They play tonight. They play the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets tonight. Okay, that one um, should be interesting. LSU, seven and one. Tennessee, seven and one. Arkansas, seven and one. And Alabama, seven and one. And that's a look at your SEC standings as they sit hit right now. Less than a month until we get started with conference play. The Auburn Tigers open up just after Christmas. I think it's the 28th of G- uh, December against the Florida Gators. Uh, as I said, Gators currently sitting at 6-3. and three, So it should be a really fun game to open conference play up here in a few weeks after the Christmas holidays as we head toward the new year. Um, but yeah, this, I mean, like you said, Brent, it, it's just you know it shows you what talent level is in the SEC now with with basketball. Uh, I I don't think they've eclipsed any. You know, they, they I don't think the, the 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 conference as a whole has eclipsed like you know the the ACC or the Big Ten no. overall. But it just shows you that these, getting that there. They are content that the the investment is being made into these basketball programs across the board. And you're seeing the fruits of that labor with all these athletic departments investing in those in the programs. That you've got a, a nine and zero Missouri team, an eight and zero Mississippi State team, right up there with an Auburn team that's been uh, part of the top, you know, toward the top of the conference the last few years. Yep. Under Bruce won the Pearl. conference last year, was ranked number one for a time last yeah. year. And you see, so you're just seeing the the fruits of the labor uh, continue to grow. The the bottom half, of the SEC, you know, you, you know, like teams like Texas A&M, Vanderbilt, and South Carolina are still teams that you're, you know, you you would assume we're going to be favored when when a team like Auburn plays them. But it's not. It's never a, when you walk into those arenas. It's never a given that you're going. Even though you're favored, no. you're not. There's never a given you're going to win that game. And I think they're well coached as well. Buzz Williams is one of the more <laughs> frustrating coaches in all of college basketball because he's good. Even though he's annoying. But he's annoying and he's good, and you can. I think you. A lot of other people would say the same thing about Bruce Pearl. Um, but I, I'm very interested in it, Auburn is about to start the tougher part of its schedule, right? You, you've had a couple of teams that are threats to win their conferences, but they're not major conferences, right? Probably the best team you've played up to this point is St. Louis, and you beat them by 20. Um, 
but that's about to change because you're going to Atlanta to face Memphis in the Holiday Hoopsgiving Classic. Then you play, then you host Georgia State, and that's really where the easy part of your schedule, if you want to call it that, the easy part of your schedule ends because then you go that on a West Coast swing. But I'm saying that Georgia State team is a team that we've seen the S in the NCAA tournament yes, quite a few absolutely. times in the last ten years. Auburn has played. A couple of te- everyone wants to talk about that this is the easiest part of Auburn's schedule, and certainly it is. But every- Auburn has not played a team yet that is just definitely not going to make the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you have played all every, of them every team for their conference. Yeah, they were they are contending for their conference. Some of them will get at large bids as well. So you've you've played good teams for them t- to be a couple of paycheck games as well. But the, you're going to Atlanta. You're going to play against Memphis. That's your first, that's your toughest test so far. Then you come back. You host Georgia State, like you said, a team that has made a run in the NCAA tournament before. And then that West Coast swing, you go to USC and Washington within three days of each other. That's a, that's going to be tough. And then you come back home and you start SEC play uh, on December 28th, like you said, against Florida. So that that'll be a really interesting time period. I think we're going to learn a lot about Auburn uh, over the month of December because you've got Memphis, Georgia State, USC, Washington, and Florida left in this in this calendar month. So I think that this is going to tell us a lot about Auburn, about what uh, what their ceiling is, and certainly how how well can they bounce back because going to USC and then traveling to Washington and playing those two games within three days of each other that's going to be a grind and i'm very interested to see what bruce pearl and that team can do auburn basketball getting set for a trip to atlanta to take on the memphis tigers coming up here on saturday four o'clock central time tip pregame show with the auburn sports network on our sister station fm talk 93.9 get started at 3 30 make sure you tune in to hear Sonny Smith, Brad Law, Andy Bertram all bring you the action from Atlanta. This is the third year in a row they've been to Atlanta, isn't it? I think so. Uh, and they played Memphis the first time they were there. It's Memphis, I, Nebraska, yeah. and back, now back to Memphis. And so the Tigers making this kind of a kind of a seemingly like it's going to be an annual trip up there. And that, that's you know it, as Bruce Pearl's talked about, and we've seen on the recruiting trail, there's a lot of Atlanta kids that come down and play for the Auburn Tigers. It's a hotbed for basketball talent, and he's taking the team up there and. You know, continues to set up for games in Atlanta to show off what you you know what what this team is about, what his he's about, and continues to reap the benefits by getting a lot of big time recruits from that area. Yeah, I think you're. Was it? Uh, did you play Syracuse in there up there last year as well? Syracuse was at the uh, Bahamas. Bahamas. Okay. The, uh, the uh, what the Battle for Atlantis? The Tigers were in the Battle for Atlantis a couple years ago or last year. I got you. They were also played VCU in that tournament, I think, mm-hmm. um, and then Loyola Chicago yep. was the other one. Yep. So yeah, so the Tigers. Sister Jean. The Tigers continue to roll on to the basketball season uh, after the finals break is over. We'll be back. We'll get back to the hardwood in Atlanta on Saturday. Let's head our, to our first break of hour number two. We can come back more sports call right after this. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. I'm Sammy Coates, former Harvard football player and all-SEC wide receiver, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. 
I'm not going to sing it because no one wants to hear me sing. Brant is singing. That's why I've got his mic off. And you can probably hear him somewhere in the background. But I'm not going to sing because no one wants to hear me sing. But there's a song out there that says it's the holiday season. And it is. 19 days until Christmas. If you are in the middle of doing your Christmas shopping, send your send well wishes to fighting the, the crowds. I love the killers, man. Well wishes to fighting the crowds. When you were young by the killers, great song. If you are looking for a Christmas present for the sports call fan in your life, why don't you head over to the tiger.radioswagshop.com. Check out some of the great merch we got over there. We got some mugs, water bottles, uh, sweatshirts, hoodies, t-shirts, long sleeve and short sleeve. You also got tank tops, baseball t-shirts, you know, the three-quarter length sleeves uh, that a lot of baseball players wear. Uh, Those are all on there. You can find Sports Call. You can find uh, our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. You can find Tiger 95.9 Apparel. And, of course, 99.9 99.9 Kate Apparel, so all the Tiger Communication stations, you can find that apparel over there at the tiger.radioswagshop.com. Nice little Christmas present to add under the tree for the sports call fan in your life. 334-887-34 and locally toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. <clears throat> That's how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. Love to hear from you. We'll go to that Auburn Bank phone line in just a few minutes and bring on Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. He'll join us at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk all things Auburn football. Transfer portal is in full swing. Auburn continues to recruit in the transfer portal. Has made several offers to kids in the transfer portal. Just saw moments ago, uh, another starting quarterback is in the portal. Oklahoma State quarterback Spencer Sanders has walked himself into the portal. Where he will be spit out, nobody knows. It's like a merry-go-round. Would you like to know something? This doesn't have anything to do with the portal, really. It kind of does, but not really. Um, but SportsCenter just tweeted this out. Uh, in 2016, Lamar Jackson won the Heisman Trophy. That was 2016, right? Yeah. This year, Stetson Bennett is up for the Heisman Trophy in 2022. So six years later, Stetson Bennett is up for the Heisman Trophy after Lamar Jackson won it. Uh-huh. They were both born in 1997. Stetson Bennett's an, uh, an older he's guy. He's an old quarterback. He's an older guy. Old quarterback. But you know what? He's got his team in a college football playoff for his second year. He really does. Has his sights set on a second national title for the Georgia Bulldogs. And now he's got his sights set on a Heisman. He's and, older than me as a college football player. And I've been out of college for almost two years now. There was a... Um, there was a... I'm trying to. I'm trying to think what I was was trying to say. Uh, there at the beginning of the season, there was a couple games right up to the start of the year before that Kent State game for Georgia that there was a lot of people saying that Stetson Bennett was the front runner for the Heisman right out the gate. Like he he had some big performances in a couple of those early games. Hilarious. And he was the. Uh, there was a lot of people saying he was the front runner. Uh, of course, you know. Uh, Stroud at Ohio State can, had a great year. Continues to uh, you know be in the Heisman can, was in the Heisman conversation all year long. Uh, Max uh, Duggan at TCU that's a great story. He wasn't even the starting quarterback to start the year. Stepped up when the starter got hurt, and now he's in the he's going to New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Caleb Williams, who a lot of people have de- deemed as the best quarterback in college football, got hurt at the very end of the season. Didn't have a, the best. Um, Championship game. Championship game against Utah was hobbled for most of that game. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, there, there's, so yeah, four quarterbacks going to the Heisman race. Transfer portal continues to, to spin. Starting quarterbacks are airing. Starting quarterbacks are hopping out. It's, you know, it, it's a wild time in college football. 
it I don't remember is was it all quarterbacks last year at the Heisman? I'm not sure. You you ramble and I'll look up the I'm last to, couple of Heisman finalists and see if there were think. see who the last like running back. Well, Devontae <clears throat> Smith won it as a wide receiver yeah. in 2020. Yeah, that was two years ago. But I, I'm trying to remember if there was just quarterbacks invited last year too, because last year um, the winner was Bryce Young. Correct. I believe Stroud was invited last year too. Caleb Williams was. I think he was invited too. Caleb Williams was not invited okay. last year. So your your final results. Um, Hold on. Uh, who the South Carolina quarterback? Um, Spencer Rattler. Yeah, Spencer Rattler was the starting quarterback for Oklahoma last year, and Caleb Williams came in and replaced him. Um, he was he was a guy that was a lot of people considered Heisman Trophy caliber. Here's an interesting one. You know who was a Heisman finalist in 2021? Who was that? Would you like to guess positions? Oh, was it? Um, it was uh, the the Michigan defensive yep. end, wasn't it? Aiden yeah. Hutchinson, yeah, the that's defensive right. end. So it was not a full quarterback list last year. All yep. right, so this is the this is the first year in a couple years that it's all quarterbacks uh, going up to New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. That's this Saturday, by the way, Saturday night after yeah. the Army Navy game. You'll, we'll know who the Heisman Trophy winner is. If I had to put money on it, um, I would. I'd probably say Caleb Williams. Yeah, I think? think I think Caleb Williams as well. Uh, I th- here's the thing. If he hadn't gotten hurt in the Pac-12 championship game, I think he would be far and away the, the favorite yeah. right now. But it's such a recency bias award that I just I, – I don't know who's going to win it. I don't yeah, know. It, I, I, mean, I mean, I've heard people talk about Max Duggan, and look, Max Duggan has had a great year, but people learned who Max Duggan was in the Big 12 championship game. Yeah. And then they saw his stats and were like, oh, this dude has had an incredible year. Let's, get, let's invite him up to New York. Even though they lost that game, uh, it, it's been a. I mean, TCU's been good, but Max Duggan has not been a name that you've heard with Heisman hype. Um, Bo Nix was a guy in the middle of the season. He was yeah. the favorite to yeah. win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, I didn't and, even think about Bo Nix. He didn't even get an invite in. No, and uh, then you know he never had a bad game. Oregon you know? kind of slumped at the but, end of the year. Yeah, Oregon lost a couple of games, even though Bo didn't play poorly. Uh, but his name has been removed from consideration. He's not even going to be in New York. So it's it's such a recency bias award that I mean, it's Hendon Hooker did not Hendon get an Hooker invite. Hendon Hooker not getting an invite is insane. To there's me. a lot of people out there that are upset about that, not, yeah. about him not getting an invite. Uh, honestly, I I would probably put myself in the same boat as the, you know he got hurt and doesn't get an invite. I, I just don't I don't think you know he had a you know you look at his resume up until he got hurt. That's one of the best ones in college he football. He was the best. He was the – well, here's the thing. When they beat Alabama, I said then and there, give him the Heisman Trophy because nobody is going to do anything better than what he just did. That performance in that Alabama game was insane. And, I mean, like you said, if he if he hadn't gotten hurt against South Carolina, I still think he's your winner, even though they ended up losing a couple of games – even though they ended up getting stomped in that game and then losing a couple more. I uh, – I definitely think Hendon Hooker should be in New York. And, I, you know, there's a lot of people that I've seen, you know, out there on social media and everything that are saying, why is Stetson Bennett there and not Hendon Hooker? And it's it, it, the, the two don't have to be exclusive. Like, you, it's not, oh, Stetson Bennett got in instead of Hendon Hooker. You could put both of them in. Yeah, there's, w- there's no you, limit. You don't, there's no limit that's, there's no, there's nothing that says you can only have four Heisman yeah. finalists. You know, yeah, you can sometimes put, there's only three. Yeah, you can put, uh, why can you not put six or seven? I'm gonna say you know? it, I, I think it depends on like the the vote percentage. You yeah. have to get a certain percentage of the vote to get in to the the finalist. Um, but you you know it, it doesn't have to be exclusive because I, I I'm full heart I fully believe Stetson Bennett deserves to be there. Do I think he's going to win it? Probably not because he's not as uh, he, he's he's not as 
athletic and dynamic as the other uh, quarterbacks. He he's he can move. He's got he he's got you know able to run and everything. But you know you look at a guy like Caleb Williams or C.J. Stroud um, or uh, Duggan. They're they're a lot more mobile on their feet. Um, but Stetson Bennett one hundred percent deserves to be in the conversation for the Heisman. He got his team to it. He's led his team. He's the quarterback of the best team, team. and and by that virtue, he deserves to be there for sure. And so I I don't have any arguments with the four that are there. Like I think all four of them are are guys that definitely deserve to be there. I I think that you you don't have you know, and it's one. It's just it's a quarterback award now. It's basically what it's become. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, but two, unless uh, you have a Devonte Smith like true insane insanity season. Uh, but two, the the fact that Hendon Hooker was not invited to to New York is and like you said, it, it the lot goes into with uh, with recency bias where he didn't play those last couple weeks of the year. Um, and I'll die on this hill. Derek Brown should have been in New York in 2019. There was not a better player in all of college football. And if Chase Young can go up there and be invited, Chase Chase Young is not a better football player than Derrick Brown, especially not in college. The one thing that was playing against him is that uh, Derrick Brown was an inside defensive lineman, and not the dynamic, you know, defensive end that that a lot of people pay more. You you, arguably a lot of people pay more attention to defensive ends than defensive tackles. For sure, you're fighting in there in the middle, and you do get, you know, like Derrick Brown is just a monster of a football player. Gets inside, causes disruption. But it's not the explosive. No, you're, you're not. You're not going to be a, a sack focused guy uh, if you're playing on the interior. The fact that Derek was able to get so many sacks playing as a three technique is insane. Like that makes it even more impressive. But you're right; those those edge defenders are going to get more stats because Aiden Hutchinson last year. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson last year. He's not even a like an edge linebacker. He's a true defensive end, hand in the dirt defensive end. But yeah, I don't know, Derek Brown. I I. Put some respect on my guy's name, even though absolutely everybody at Auburn did. Everyone at Auburn knew how good he was. I'm trying to think. It was it was Aiden Hutchinson last year. Yeah. Was the last defensive player, uh, was it uh, Manti Teo? Was that the last defensive player before Let Aiden Hutchinson last year? Defensive high. I saw the watch the Manti Teo uh, documentary finalist. that came out a couple months ago. I need to watch that. Uh, in Dominican Sioux in 2009. Okay. Chase Young in 2019. Oh, I forgot about yeah. You just mentioned yeah. Chase Young, so uh, it wasn't it was Manti Te or it was uh, Aiden Hutchinson and then Chase Young before him. Yeah, then Indomitian Sue, Warren Sapp, and uh, a guy I've never heard of called Steve Emptman out of Nebraska. He's a he's a tackle. So Heisman Trophy winner was uh, Charles Woodson out of Michigan. By the way, Char- uh, we'll see uh, who wins it this weekend. My money's on Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. We'll see who else uh, steps up to the plate and can win that Heisman Trophy win this weekend. It's going to be a quarterback. That's all we know. Let's go ahead and take our next break of the hour. When we come back, Justin Ferguson. Oh, Jabril Peppers. Jabril Peppers was in there. I forgot about him. Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer joins <laughs> us right after this. We will talk all things Auburn football, basketball, and we'll see what else we get into right after this.
May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. We always like to go to our sports call phone line, and we especially like to go it to bring on some of our great guests and interviews, and especially we like to go on uh, to that Auburn Make phone line and bring on this guest from the Auburn Observer. It's Justin Ferguson joining us. Justin, it's been a couple weeks since we've had you on. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are y'all? Doing great. Are you uh, you getting the Christmas shopping done, or you, you haven't started yet? Uh, I'm not completely done yet. I've gotten, gotten some done. Not, not totally done, though. Do you got, got time. you got the important gifts out of the way though? Um, I don't know. I don't know if the most important ones are taken care of yet. Okay, well, there's some still time. Nineteen days. Yeah, yeah, I got time. Uh, so Justin, we've we haven't had you on in a couple weeks. Uh, a lot has happened in the Auburn sports world. Uh, Auburn basketball continues to roll along. Auburn football has hired a new football coach. What has been your thoughts on uh, the the transition since Auburn has hired Hugh Freeze? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think Hugh Freeze is going to be set up to do some things a lot better early on than Brian Harson did. I think part of it is, you know, recruiting uh, being the way it is. Uh, you know, I, I think I think Hugh Freeze has got a better personality and a better approach to recruiting, especially in the SEC, than Harson did. You know, Arthur came in and, and, you know, there were still COVID restrictions and, and, and whatnot, but just never really seemed to get off the ground there for with, when it came to him and, and his recruiting. Um, I think Freeze is in a much better position to take advantage of that, I think, with the transfer portal being what it is right now um, and, and, you know, the the, the condensed window of, of opportunity and movement. Um, you know, I think, I think that's going to help out as well because you can go ahead and, you know, get a lot of work done right now. Um, so, you know, I think this transition is going to be a lot better than it was the last go around uh, from a football sense because, you know, I, I just think Hugh Freeze has done this before um, in, in this league, and I do think he has, you know, the personality when it comes to recruiting and, and just the connections he can make with people on the trail, him and his staff. I think, they, I think, you know, they're just in a much better spot to to do it than what they had. So, um, you know, that, that that'll help Auburn out a lot. Uh, you, you mentioned briefly there the staff. What are your thoughts on the staff? We saw uh, Wesley McGriff getting uh, hired today by this Auburn football staff, and we, we mentioned on the show earlier that you're putting a lot of defensive coaches onto the staff without a defensive coordinator. What, what's your thoughts so far with this uh, with the building of this uh, staff for Hugh Freeze? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what they end up doing on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, with their coordinators. You know, if, if it's Zach Etheridge and and uh, Christian Robinson and, um, you know, staying, staying back on, on defense for Auburn. They've got a defensive line coach 
uh, from Liberty, who was hired last week, Weston McGriff coming in. So you look at that last coordinator, so you get that coordinator spot, and just like, okay, what what do they do? What what does that look like? Um, who who could they bring in? And it's going to be interesting. I know they had had some uh, they had some you know there was some talk about some guys who were in the NFL, including uh, Chris Kiffin, uh, who obviously Hugh Freeze has a, has a, a past connection to. There's been talk about Travis Williams uh, coming over, you know, coming back home and and, and doing that from his you know, two two seasons at UCF as their defensive coordinator. Um, we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll, we will see what ends up doing. I would be surprised if it's somebody who doesn't have some sort of connection with uh, Hugh Freeze or with Auburn, uh, just because that just kind of seems to be the track that they're going on at the moment. But on defensive side, looking pretty set. Offensive side, got an offensive line coach. Uh, you got a running backs coach. There's still a lot up in the air, quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends. I guess you, you'd have a tight ends coach as well, or at least reportedly do. So, you know, there's there's a little bit of wiggle room that left there. Um, and I, I think uh, the interesting thing is it's just you're, you're going out and doing a lot of recruiting on top of trying to put a staff together at the same time. So um, it's not like, you know, it's not like you can focus totally on one thing right now, which I think might explain some of, of the delay or maybe a little bit of the, of the um, you know, the, the lagging in the process of having all these people's names. Uh, but, you know, I, I do think they're going to be fine uh, when it comes to the coordinator spots. Ferg, you, you've got your uh, your Auburn roster tracker up on your uh, website right now. Uh, I want to shout that out real quick. Uh, but looking at that, what do you think are some of the biggest areas of need that Auburn is going to go after in this transfer portal cycle? Uh, it's got to be offensive line first and foremost. Uh, you don't really have a tackle with any sort of college experience on your roster right now. And so you need to go get guys who have done it before um, to help you out. I mean, you, you could move a guard out to tackle who's played there before, and they've got a few guys on the interior um, that have that have experience. But, I mean, you just don't have any, like, clear-cut tackles at this point. Um, it's just a lot of interior guys. So it's got to be offensive line first and foremost. You're not going to be able to go in and sign a brand-new offensive line. Just go ahead and get that out of your head if, if you're thinking about that, Auburn fans, because – Everybody wants offensive linemen, and there's all there's only so many quality guys that that get out there because most of the time offensive line who play, uh, a lot of them don't really move a, a lot because it is such a position built on development and and just time years you know of, of, of progress there. So you know you may be able to get a couple, maybe three you know uh, offensive linemen you can kind of turn to, but I don't don't expect Auburn to go in and just get go clean slate here. With their offensive line, it's just, that's just not how recruiting works in the portal. I think Auburn would be good to go out and get two or three guys. They need to do that first and foremost. Need some help at edge rusher. Uh, we'll see what they end up doing with this new defensive staff in terms of scheme and philosophy. Like, you know, are they outside linebackers? Are they going to be more defensive ends? Like, what does that look like? Um, you know, but they need guys who can just whether they put their hand in the dirt or not, they need guys who can come off the edge and rush the passer. No more Derek Hall, no more Colby Wood, no more Echo Leota. Really, Dylan Brooks is all you got uh, coming back on this team as an edge rusher. So you need to get more guys in who can get after the quarterback uh, and who can set the edge in the running game. So those are your two highest priorities. And then pretty much everywhere else on the field, you can find like a reason to go get somebody, at least one person, whether it's someone who can come in and immediately start um, you know, at several different positions or compete for a starting job to be like a number one receiver or to be a top inside linebacker or 
you know, a new corner or something like that. You could see all that. Or if it's just getting guys in the portal who will give you depth and give you competition and kind of backfill in some of these areas you missed out on recently, that's what they got to do. And then I guess, you know, haven't mentioned back yet, Jack Calzada in the portal. Um, a lot of people expect to get Finley to follow him at some point. You know, you've got you've got two quarterbacks on your roster right now. You got Keon Jenkins as well, but committed um, to the Miami uh, guy who committed during the interim period. But you probably need more, uh, and so it'll be very interesting to see what Auburn does in the transfer portal when it comes to quarterback. If they go get one of these big name guys, or try to get one of these big name guys that are already in the portal, or do they go and get guys like Zach Calzada or Riley Ashford or, or TJ Finley in the in, in the last couple of cycles and say, okay. I'm going to get you know, get somebody who can compete, who may still have some uh, several years left of eligibility, and can kind of build it up that way. So, be very interested to see what kind of philosophy they take with quarterbacks because I think they're going to have to get at least one. Justin, I want to stick on that quarterback situation uh, right now. Like you said, Zach Calzada entered the transfer portal yesterday. And you said TJ Finley likely heading that way too. Uh, so you got Robbie Ashford, you got Holden Gurner, you've got uh, you know quarterbacks coming in with uh, from the high school ranks, but. When you mentioned going out and potentially getting one of these big name guys, there's a lot of them out there. We just saw the Oklahoma State quarterback jump into the portal just you know literally 30 minutes ago. He they announced that he was in the portal as well. Do you think that Hugh Freeze and this offensive staff would be willing to go and get one of these big names to try to help coax other players out of the portal to come here to Auburn? Maybe I mean if you, if there is a guy like that, I mean no disrespect to any of the guys who run the portal at the moment, but it's not like there's a Caleb Williams, right? You know, last year that was the big one that everybody went out to go get. Like you were like, all right, if if you could go get Caleb Williams, a lot of people are going to want to come play with Caleb Williams. Don't really see that. I did. There's some really solid quarterbacks, like good quarterbacks, like Devin Leary's in the in the portal. You mentioned Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State. Like there's some good quarterbacks, but like I don't know if it's necessarily the one where it's like. You know, you get that guy, and everybody's going to be like, oh, we want to play with him. You know, I, I don't know if there is one of those guys at this point. I think there's a lot of solid, like, you know, average to good college quarterbacks that are in the portal right now. And those guys could end up being starters at Auburn, but I don't know if it's necessarily the kind of blockbuster name where you're here to be like, all right, everybody's going to want to fall. And now that can change as time goes on and, and guys move around. But um, yeah, I mean, I think. The bigger name guys that are in the portal right now are guys that you could see coming in and competing for the job and then helping push Robbie Ashford and helping push the rest of the guys in the room, best man one kind of approach. I think that's probably more of the caliber you're looking at in the quarterback room right now. If somebody surprises and, and jumps into the portal that we don't see coming, maybe it's different. But like Devin Leary, you know, DJ Leonelay, you got Spencer Sanders, guys like that. Like that, that that's kind of like all, a bunch of guys who are like, okay. Those are good quarterbacks, so they can be good quarterbacks, but, you know, they're not, like, you know, changing the face of the program and, and you know, start talking about them potentially being Heisman winners or stuff like that. Ferg, let's, uh, I want to shift our attention over to basketball, and the guy I want to talk about is Alan Flanagan. He didn't have the season he wanted to last year. That's well documented uh, coming off of that injury, but he seems to be back on track so far this season. What are your thoughts on him in the early going? I, Alan Flanagan's playing the best basketball he's played since he came back from his injury, and it's been sustained, right? You know, he's had several good games in a row. I thought his game against Colgate was the best game he's played since he came back from his from his injury. Um, you know, best game he's had since his sophomore year statistically. It's just 
He's rebounding the ball really well. You know he's always going to bring a good perimeter defense. He's very physical, and he's built for these games where he can get to the basket. But he's shooting the ball really well right now. Uh, he is, uh, he, he's got one of the best three-point marks on the team. Uh, he's doing a great job in spot-up situations. Um, statistically, he's, he's, hitting, he's hitting a lot of shots off the catch. Um, and, and, you know, he, he's still providing a lot of that just, just set, steady, strong defensive rebounding that you know that Bruce Brown loves to have. But uh, he's gotten a lot more confidence with his jumper. Uh, he's moving the ball. He's moving a lot better. He's, he's, you know, the, athletically, he's, he's back closer to what he was. Uh, before that Achilles injury, uh, but yeah, I think the big difference for him is man, he's he's starting to really shoot the ball now. I'm not you know going to sit here and call him you know a sharpshooter or anything like that, or you know one of the best shooters in the SEC or anything. But like right now, he's done a really good job. Uh, and you know if you can if you can bring good shooting with the rest they bring to the table, and you've got a guy who you know can can impact the game every single time he steps out on the floor. Justin Ferguson is joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line from the Auburn Observer. Justin, we, we opened the, the, the interview asking you about your Christmas shopping. I want you to now turn that around and convince folks why they should subscribe to the Auburn Observer and why that would make a perfect Christmas gift for the Auburn fan in their lives. Yeah, I mean, if, if you've got an Auburn fan uh, who, you know, loves uh, Auburn football and Auburn basketball and, you know, likes you know, reading all, all the fine details and getting inside like X's and O's or numbers or, um, you know, just, just, uh, just a different, you know, different kind of look at, at, at the teams that they love. That's what we do at the observer. You know, we're, we don't, we don't cover, uh, recruiting or, um, you know, the, the, you know, the ins and outs of the everyday news the same way everybody else does. A, because everybody else does an excellent job and you should still subscribe to them for sure. But B, we try to give something, different for everybody else um so you know if it's if it's x's and o's or stats or um analysis it's just a ton of that you know so uh if you want um to give that the auburn fan in your life that go to auburnobserver.com slash gift you can give a gift subscription you can do a month for six dollars or you can do a full year for sixty dollars um so you get a couple months free with that and everything we do gets emailed out. So as soon as we put up a newsletter, as soon as we put up a podcast, uh, it goes straight to your email inbox so you can read or listen on your own time. And it's the easiest thing to do. All you got to do is have their email address. You can give it to them. And then the other cool thing that we've got on the side for that is, say you want to give that gift, but you want to give it to them on Christmas Day or you want to give it to them at a Christmas party or you know a certain specific time, when you buy a gift subscription, you can set that time when the subscription goes active. When wow. that time hits, they get an email, boom, it's in. So all you got to do is you pay, you have their email, and you pay, they're in, and you can set whatever time you want it to be. So um, it's, it's, it's an easy way to uh, give the Auburn fan in your life just something different uh, if, if they really, really enjoy Auburn football and Auburn basketball. And they're like, you know, I mean, we we write for the ones, for those of you out here, the real freaks about it, like just really getting into the get into the nuts and bolts of what's going on. So uh, that's us. Uh, check it out. Awesome. That is Justin Ferguson. Justin, you do a lot of great coverage with Auburn basketball. Are you going to be uh, heading to Holiday Hoops Giving in Atlanta this weekend for coverage? I will be. I will be in Atlanta this weekend. I'm looking forward to it. That was a you know wild game last year. Auburn just kind of lit up uh, Nebraska. Memphis is going to be a much tougher test. Um, should be a fun game. Looking forward to it. seeing them in the NBA venue is going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, I'll be there. And then next Wednesday night they play against Georgia State at home. And then I am actually going on their West Coast uh, tour uh, in a couple of weeks. 
when they go play USC a week from Sunday, and then they play Washington a few days later. So I'm going to be there for those games as well. So a whole lot of Auburn basketball stuff coming to the Observer, and I will be right there during the middle of all of it. Make sure you follow him on Twitter for all that live coverage at Jay Ferguson AU. Justin, thank you so much for the time. We will get you back on here uh, sooner than we did this last time. <laughs> no, y'all are good, and uh, it's a really good interview. Y'all should have JJ not on before. <laughs> well, we we try, and this, he just sometimes fights his way into the studio. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you keep it up. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today, Justin. We'll talk to you soon. That was Justin Ferguson joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. 334-887-341 locally. Toll free 1-888-9-TIGER-9 is how you get on that Auburn Bank phone line. We will get back to that Auburn Bank phone line in just a little bit. We uh, we ran a little bit over there on that interview, so we have got uh, – we're about to hit the top of the hour. But, uh, Brant, thoughts on uh, what Justin Ferguson had to say there about this uh, Auburn football transition? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you – I think he's dead on with what he talked about with positions of need. He's talked about uh, you need players on the offensive line. You don't have any true tackles, and that is somebody that is something that you really need. And I, I like how he said, "Look, you can't just go and get guys out of high school. The guy offensive lineman out of high school, nine t- ninety-nine times out of a hundred are just not ready to play at the college level. Uh, guys need time. Their bodies have to develop. It's so much harder. Offensive line and quarterbacks. That, that's the steepest learning curve uh, from high school to college and from college." to the NFL. So you've got to you've got to be able to get guys in here and get them ready to play at this level before you can have them step on the field. And he also talked about edge rusher and I certainly think that's a position of need. He touched on, yeah, you've got Dylan Brooks and that's about it. So you've got to you've got to get some other guys in here to either spell Dylan Brooks or put him back down on the depth chart if you think he's not ready. And look, he's still a young guy, so he may not be ready. And uh you know, you've got to get somebody you've got to get guys to fill those positions the good news is this is Auburn and it's a big time program and there's talent here there are spots available you're going to play in big time games so you've got to be able to go out and you've got to be able to get kids and I I think Hugh Freeze is doing his best to do that right now and uh you know he talked about maybe going out and getting a quarterback I know that's a uh a spot or the subject that's on a lot of people's minds maybe bringing in a quarterback here especially with potentially losing tj finley definitely losing zach calzada to the portal you've got two quarterbacks in-house right now zach calz or not zach calzada robbie ashford (laughs) and holden gurner i think you'd like to have four quarterbacks in in the room um you've obviously got the uh the keon jenkins Jenkins. coming in uh committed not, not too long ago to the tigers so that that would be your third one you'd like to go out and get a fourth one who knows if it's going to be a one of the bigger names in the portal or if it's going to be a guy like Justin Ferguson said like a Zach Calzada to come in and kind of kind of fill a hole well that is going to take us to the top of the hour break when we come back your phone calls are back on the line Ed you were on uh, the on hold we lost you there for a minute so call back in during this next break and we will get you in at the top of the hour other than that we'll get back to our sports call phone line we'll be right back after this you're listening to sports call
two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third hour of Sports Call on a Tuesday starts right now. I'm Brooks Childress. Thought I was going to be sitting in temporarily for J.J. Jackson. He still has uh, not come back from his personal business, so we'll see if he uh, makes, makes an appearance in this third hour. But for right now, me and uh, Brant Daughtry in the studio having Hello. fun talking to Justin Ferguson, if you missed that interview, make sure you go back and listen to that on the Sports Call podcast. So it'll get posted up right after the show is done or all across our feeds. Of course, we've had some great phone calls, and we'll have to get to more of those in just a moment. But first, before we get to anywhere else in the hour, let's get to our Daily Show recap, shall we? We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. <sighs> Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Daily Show Recap on a Tuesday. We've talked a lot about Auburn basketball. We've talked a lot about the Heisman Trophy finalists. We uh, mentioned that in the second hour. Uh, we've also talked about Auburn football adding a new Wesley McGriff, a new old Wesley McGriff uh, to the coaching staff. Uh, <laughs> a new the, crime dog. As the, uh, in the secondary on the defensive side of the ball as Cube Freeze continues to put together his uh, coaching staff here for the Auburn Tigers. His inaugural coaching staff as the head football coach of the Auburn Tigers. Of course, we talked to Justin Ferguson just on the, other, uh, the, the previous side of the break uh, about over, anything and everything going on in the wide world of Auburn athletics. Athletics. If you want to get your phone calls in, 334-887-341 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Let's get ready to go back to that Auburn Bank phone line right now. Let's take a trip down to South Alabama, and it is... Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve joining us on that Auburn Bank phone line. Steve, how are you doing this afternoon? Hey, good, good. Same to my phone call, and uh, Ward Dam Eagle, as Mr. Kobe Wooden would say. That's right. Yeah, we're going to miss him. Miss him very much. Him and Derek Hall, both are going to be two guys that are going to be missed dearly on that defensive line. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's good to hear your voice, Mr. Brooks Shields. You're down my way. And who else is on there today? It is me and Brant Daughtry today. How you doing, Hi, Steve? Brant Daughtry. Hello. Good, man. good to hear your voice. All right, let's get to it, guys, because I know my time is short. All right. There's a person's name that was, to me, uh, earning and deservingly earned uh, to have been on the hyphen uh, watch list, but was not on there. Who do you think I'm talking about, guys? Uh, is it uh, Hendon Hooker, the Tennessee quarterback? Exactly. I mean, just because he was injured, does that eliminate you from being considered? 
it shouldn't, but as you know, we, we talked about it a little bit in the second hour. Uh, but Brant pointed out it, it the the Heisman Trophy uh, the Heisman Trophy voting does tend to kind of go more recency biased, and so you had a couple guys, and it goes that should not disqualify them. But I think a lot of the voters looked at these guys played the entire season. This is your entire you know the, the twelve games of acti- of of stats, so we're going to look at those. But just because Hooker was not able to play in that last couple weeks should not discount him from being a, a finalist. And I, you know, I think both me and Brand are in agreement that he probably should be up in New York. Well, why are we in the minority thinking that way and and not the uh, majority? I don't think we're in the minority. Uh, I, 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 if you you know look around the the internet today and social media, a lot of people are out there, and a lot of big names in the media are out there asking why Hooker was not uh, was not in the in the uh, in the finalists. But I, I think that when it comes to the voters, that's how the voters went, and they're, they're definitely not the majority, uh, but they're the ones that are the the much louder minority where. They, they actually have the votes, and they, they've chose not to add him into the uh, – or put him in enough ballots to get him up there. Yeah, that's what I mean. We're the minority, apparently, because the voters who actually have a say-so didn't see it that way. And I was just – I'd like to hear the justifications. I mean, uh, we know who they are. Yeah. Uh, some of them uh, include Philip Marshall. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know uh, if they you – know, picked him or didn't but anyway i just thought you know that that was uh not uh not, not the person that should have been left out and just real quickly with that two guys maybe you have a different opinion but it's he didn't look me more and more like uh that the heisman trophy is no longer going to the best football player but rather to the best quarterback on the best uh winning team uh, am i am i just just complaining unnecessarily or does my perspective uh skewed or do you see it the same way well i think that uh for i think that for that to not happen somebody has to has to have an absolutely spectacular season kind of like a Devonte smith like a, a Devonte smith or, well, or even we have some defensive players you know they have been in the past some defensive players who won the heisman yeah, but it is. I mean, those guys. I mean, Chase Young was up there. Derek Brown got a little bit of love. He didn't end up going, but uh, it has been forever. Uh, Manti Teo, we talked about this a little bit in hour number two. Uh, defensive guys who have been up there, they've they've gone to New York. They've been at the ceremony, but uh, I, I don't see defensive players being uh, up for the Heisman very much. And running backs, do we have any? Because I didn't see the whole list. The, this year, it is four quarterbacks. That's it. Wow, amazing. Okay, uh, speaking of the Heisman guys. Uh, since you like to do birthdays and people who are notable, I uh, saw this today from the History Channel because I get their email, and I thought I should bring this up. A uh, gentleman by the name of Ernie Davis, I was 10 years old when this guy was playing, becomes the first black player to win the Heisman Trophy on this date. Wow. He, he was a Syracuse running back, and he was the very first black player to win the Heisman Trophy. Now, what's interesting about this, he also beat out the uh, other contender was a Ohio State fullback by the name of Bob Ferguson. Well, he uh, was actually drafted. He was the first pick in the NFL draft in 62 by Washington, who then traded him to the Cleveland Browns. But, guys, he never played in the NFL. Interesting. The reason, and this is kind of uh, this is sad to me, he was diagnosed with leukemia <clears throat> oh, no. later on. In 1962, and died in May of 1963. He was 23 days that he died. But what was me to me more telling about this young man was what I read about him. 
every time, in fact, his coach said uh, that uh, he said he never had anyone that he said that uh, would just struck him as just an outstanding person and not just really a football player uh, in the time that he coached um, this uh, gentleman. But what was really interesting about this guy is I read his bio, his enthusiasm was also one of his humbleness. Every time he would run <laughs> and he'd run over somebody, he would go back and pick them up. Wow. I said, wow. So he was not only, you know, a humble person, he was also very kind and polite. You know, so he could, I guess, you know, run over you and cream you and then he'd <laughs> go back and pick you back up, you know. Make sure you're okay. Um, yeah. All right. Moving on real quick, guys. I, I enjoyed hearing uh, Justin Ferguson's comments about uh, what we needed and the portal and all that. And then I just saw this. And I don't know Sacred. It's on 247 Sports, and one of the bloggers says that Alabama has five offensive linemen in the portal. Is that correct? Is that factual? That is true. You have to say, I think so. Good Lord. They're all, he says, four and five stars. Is that factual? Yeah, I mean, Alabama doesn't take anybody who's not good. (laughs) So I wonder what the asking price is. (laughs) That's a good question. Uh, I, I'm sure that uh, Hugh Freeze and this offensive staff have already targeted some of them and are, are probably in, uh, out there recruiting them right now. Guys, can you explain to me in a plausible, rational, uh, meaningful way is what would explain how come this many five months uh, offensive linemen are leaving Bama? Uh, better opportunities to start. Uh, maybe just not happy there. Money might be an issue there as well. The, the money can be. I mean, they, they have more money than probably the, the, the entire world does. Uh, maybe not there, Texas A&M, but yeah, they've got a lot. Of there's the any number of reasons for a kid to want to pursue an opportunity elsewhere. I mean, you're always continuing for championships, and you're always getting the NFL, according to Saban, uh, there, right? It, I mean, it, and it may just be the fact that these guys are kind of farther, you know, they may be five stars, but if you look at, you know, how Alabama's recruited over, since Nick Saban's been here, it's there's five stars all over that roster, so they may just be down the depth chart a little bit and not uh, don't see a way that they're going to, you know, be able to contend for a starting job in the next, you know, year, and so they want to go, like Brant said, go uh, look for better opportunities somewhere else. Well, they could start immediately for us, couldn't they? Yeah, yeah, and I, like I said, I think probably I'm, if I was at a, a betting man, I would say that Hugh Freeze and this offensive staff that he's put together so far are probably already uh, scouting these guys out and uh, reaching out to them. I mean, I'd find out how many Dodge Chargers do they need, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> with, uh, with that being said, guys, uh, I'm also quite, uh, I guess, astonished. I mean, it's tough enough – an Auburn fan, you know, especially in this day and age, to have to compete against Saban and Kirby uh, in football. But now we've got to contend against Alabama basketball. They're ranked higher than we are. Yeah, they've, they've got a couple quality wins in that uh, that PK-40 or whatever it was, the P, uh, Phil Knight Invitational. The Phil Knight Invitational, yeah. That they went yeah. out and played. they got a couple big-time big, big time wins that kind of boasted boast up their, uh, their net rating. So what gives, guys? How are they doing this in basketball over Bruce Pearl? Because uh, they hired a good coach, and yeah. they've they've had a very top-heavy schedule so far. Well, what I mean is, how are they getting these four- and five-star players that, I don't know, you know, they haven't been going to the Final Four here that I know of, or even the Sweet 16. Well, Auburn's only been to one Final Four in its history, and you're still getting four- and five-stars here. And, look, you can only sign 13 basketball players to one team at any time, and there's more than 13 good basketball players yeah, every why year. why Bama? Why Bama? Why not... What? 
because Nate I mean, Oates is a good it, coach. I'm going to say it, it's kind of like you know what you, other they've pe- invested. Other people have you know asked you know when you get four or five stars at Auburn, they say, oh well, why Auburn? It, it's because Nate Oates has developed a really good culture up there with this Alabama basketball program. He was a good coach at Buffalo, and he's brought that culture down. And you know when when you look at it, 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 you look at what Alabama's been doing in other sports, you know you, you start to build up that basketball. People want to go and play for a successful program, and it's it's like it's the kind of the same thing. I, I don't think that Nate Oates is as you know uh, rah rah and as uh, you know uh, player you know uh, he's not as uh, high up there with a lot of you know high energy as like Bruce Pearl is but he's developed a good pro- a good program up there a good culture and people want to go play for that just like they want to come play for Bruce Pearl. Okay, I just say you know if they're they're high rated, why wouldn't they be more likely looking at places like Kentucky? Because Kentucky's uh, got four and five stars already. Tennessee. Same story. Uh, every uh, every team in the SEC that's good is getting good players. There are a ton of good basketball players in this country. Okay. And elsewhere. I, I, I just thought, so, wow, their NIL deals must be better than what we're offering them. <laughs> okay. With that having said, guys, uh, Memphis is coming up uh, Saturday. Um, should this be a really nail-biter? Uh, Memphis is a, is a pretty decent basketball team. They're not ranked right now, but they're, they're still, they've got some good they're talent 72. on there. Uh, they are they are seven and two. They've got some good wins under their belt. Um, I believe they beat Ole Miss over the weekend. Uh, right at, the, at their place. And so it, it's it's a good team. I, I think that it could come down to the wire. But you know, I, also the way Auburn played against Colgate this last week, I would not be shocked if Auburn uh, got you know got maybe a ten point win over them. Okay, that's awesome. Stats are not very encouraging right now, anyway. And we are last in the SEC when it comes to three point shooting. I didn't know we were last. That they had a rough start to the year that kind of pushed those numbers down, but they they've seen we've been picking up a little bit as we we've gone through here. And we're also either next to last or last uh, when it comes to offensive efficiency and rebounding. Uh, thank goodness for our defense, right? Yeah, they, they've done a really good job on that defensive end of the floor. Okay, with that having said, guys, uh, I've run out of things to ramble about. So with that. Thank you for your time, guys, as always. I know my time is way, way up. I'm still in debt. So uh, let's have a uh, relaxing afternoon, you guys. Hey, and you're doing a good job. And, uh, you know, if y'all keep this up, maybe J.J. might be uh, need to look at the transfer portal. I don't know. I don't know. We may lose him to the transfer portal. We'll have to make him a good NIL offer. All right. Let's keep him. All right, guys. Thank you for your time. Y'all have a relaxing afternoon. And until uh, next time, War Eagle, guys. War Eagle, Steve. That is retired War Dam Steve joining us on that Auburn Bank phone line. Let's go ahead and hit our first break of the hour. Speaking of J.J. Jackson, I think he may be getting set to rejoin the program for the first time today when we come back. But first, you're listening live on Tiger 95.9. We'll get to your weather with Ryan Lavoie during this break. Want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call Auburn.
on a Tuesday rolls on. I'm Brooks Childress. Brant Daughtry is enjoying himself. I like Bruno Mars. Well, this is Silk Sonic. Which includes Bruno Mars. Yeah. But this is a Silk Sonic song. It's Bruno Mars singing. JJ, what is your thoughts on Silk Sonic? I'm a big Bruno Mars fan as well. Okay. Yeah. JJ's in the studio, folks. He's right. It is Bruno's voice, so... If he wants to say Bruno Mars, I'm okay with it. Okay. Well, ganging up on me. I've enjoyed the show so far. Been listening to a little bit of it on my way back over here. Uh, was I handling company business or was no I, I'd say decision you were handling made? Pu- uh, uh, personal business. I had a doctor's appointment today, so I do appreciate you saying personal business. I, I was going to come clean. Okay. Everything went well at the uh, at the Good. doctor. It's important for everyone to go get checked up every now and again. Yeah. I would encourage folks to do that. And uh, and yeah, here I am. Here you are. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, 334-887-3401. Toll free at one triple eight nine tiger 9 I know the Daily Show recap is at the start of the hour, Yeah, but what is the JJ Show recap? Uh, absent. In terms of what happened that you could recap ah. to JJ? Well, folks, we've, uh, Mr. Jackson, we've we talked a lot yeah, of great callers. Yeah, you're speaking to me. Yeah, Mr. Okay. Jackson, we talked a lot of great callers. We talked about... Um, Auburn football adding Wesley McGriff for the third time in the uh, in the past 10 years, really. it's uh, We looked it up 2016, 2019, and now 2022, he's joined an Auburn football staff. Uh, first time it's not been Gus Malzahn at the helm that he's joined the football staff uh, for this Auburn football team. We talked about uh, some Heisman Trophy controversy with Hendon Hooker not being included in the in the finalists. Uh, also, that it's all quarterbacks. There's nothing, no other, not a lot of variety in the uh, position group this year. And we've also talked about some Auburn basketball getting ready to take on Memphis on Saturday. What was the most intriguing conversation amongst those things? Uh, probably the Heisman Trophy because we started. Yeah. Well, I want to dive in. All right, I want to dive in. All right, cool. So, where are you guys at with this? Uh, Hendon Hooker should have been approved or should have been yeah. uh, put in. You should be able to put as many guys in that ceremony as you feel like deserve to be there. Right. I feel like being there is an honor among itself, even if you don't win. Uh, and as such, I feel like uh, Hinden Hooker, uh, I mean, who are some other guys? Bo Nix, I mentioned him a minute ago. Uh, there's there's got to be some defensive guys that have had incredible seasons. There was quite a few. I was trying to think. There was like a couple. There was a few in the uh, – 2013, the year that um, Trey Mason was in the Heisman Trophy uh, category. Right. He was at the ceremony. Yeah. I was trying to think. So it was, they at least had six then at the ceremony if he was, if he was there. So four finalists. Yeah. The ceremony is going to be Saturday night to give out the Heisman Trophy award. Caleb Williams, CJ Stroud, Max Duggan, Stetson Bennett. I'm stunned Stetson Bennett is there. I'm not. (laughs) I am stunned. Absolutely stunned. I am stunned in the fact that I don't think he is good enough to win the Heisman. I am not stunned because he is the quarterback of the best team in college football, and there and that is an award that is a position that is going to give you a spot in the Heisman ceremony. There are some people that submitted their votes prior to the conference championship game, which isn't great. Uh, because then, obviously, performances change and that yeah. sort of thing. Um, and Caleb Williams took a step back in that championship game against Utah. Going into it, and we had monthly predictions about this, uh, and our predictions were submitted before the conference championship games. You can go see all of those on our website, thetiger.fm. I thought Caleb Williams would be the runaway guy. Yeah, if he didn't get hurt in the Pac-12 championship game, he is. I'm curious 
if people that waited because again some people did they just said you know what and you've seen them say it on twitter you cannot reveal who you vote for until after the ceremony is over but some high spin voters have said i already submitted my ballot if you submitted your ballot early i think people went with caleb williams and the uh play that he had there for usc if not if they did wait I'm really curious if C.J. Stroud picked momentum back up. I would say... Because if C.J. Stroud did not lose that Michigan game, he would have knocked off... I mean, he would have won by a landslide. I would say... You think you, so? I you, really think so. If you waited, I wonder how much momentum Duggan picked that's, up. That's my that thought. Drive. Sure. Just that last drive. Sure. I we talked if about he, it. if he picked up a little bit. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Max Duggan has had a great season, but nobody knew really who he was from a national perspective until that Big 12 championship game. Because nobody was watching TCU. Yeah, nobody was watching TCU. They're winning, but nobody cared. Yeah, Yeah. because everyone thinks that, you know, they're winning, but they're going to slip up at some point. Well, they never did until the conference championship. And by the the way, they're they're still 12-1, and and they're in the college football playoffs, so now everybody knows who they are. But Max Duggan did not get national attention until that Big 12 championship. I thought, I, I just... C.J. Stroud's regular season was so impressive, and he was the runner-up last year to Bryce Young. His numbers have improved. Ohio State had been dominant all season, and then you have the clunker in the game versus uh, Michigan there. So um, I I think ultimately it probably still will be Caleb Williams. But, yeah, I mean, what a player Max Duggan is for sure. Yeah. Gutted that one out. He uh, absolutely – gained a lot of respect from me and then if we're talking about the finalists i'm with you hendon hooker should be sitting in stetson bennett's seat it's that is I don't, I don't have any problem with stetson bennett being there i yeah, just think there ought to be more than four quarterbacks i don't you think know? it's it's exclusive that both of them that uh, they're not mutually them, exclusive yeah, like they one has to be there over the other i think you could put both of them but there. typically you only have four finalists but you've had like i said you've had more you've, you've had, a, you've had, had least, as many as six you've had at least six in 2013 because trey mason made the trip to um but new york and he finished six they're really counting down on that right because that was one time why that was stupid it's stupid to crack down on it isn't it like you have to get a certain percentage of the vote to get invited right to that so like it it just depends on where you're where you're also that year i'm still upset that jordan lynch finished third he was such a great quarterback at northern illinois but he was a northern illinois quarterback no one cares james winston won the heisman trophy jordan lynch jordan lynch i don't have any recollection of that name. should have won the heisman um didn't do anything after that my flag there you didn't miss much wow hurtful but who's the other i'm thinking of paxton lynch i was like who's the other lynch i'm thinking of paxton lynch he played at memphis right auburn took him auburn's defense in that birmingham took him from like the number one overall pick down yeah, they did. Um, I, but yeah, I don't think it 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 should be one or the other. I know. I think what helped, uh, like like uh, what Brant said. I think what helped Stetson Bennett is that he was the 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 starting quarterback for the best team in the country. But also, if you look at that first couple weeks before that Kent State game, there was a lot of people that said he's the front runner for the Heisman, and that was just you know two weeks in. But still, he he got a lot of praise that early part of the season uh, from what he was able to do against Oregon, and then I think it was against South Carolina. 
334-887-3401. Toll free one triple eight nine tiger 9 if you want to call in and be a part of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Who do you think should win the Heisman Trophy in Auburn Athletics? We get set for uh, Auburn basketball on Saturday versus Memphis. Auburn women's basketball on Sunday against Louisiana. It is finals week on the Plains. As uh, If you're a student listening to us, thank you for that. I uh, hope you get some good time to study uh, in the coming hours and that uh, you're able to knock those exams out of the park. I know that uh, we don't envy being back in that position at all whatsoever. What was your latest final in the week? Like uh, during your, your years at Auburn? Maybe your... I had a, fr- a Friday, one of my first semesters as a, um, as a freshman, mm-hmm. but... Um, yeah, I really don't think so. I, it, I, I really remember having some earlier in the week, yeah. and it was the best feeling because it's like, all right, it is Tuesday, and I'm driving home. Yeah. I'm <laughs> headed to North Carolina, and I'm going to be here forever because you go back home for, what, four weeks? I yeah. Mean, sheesh. I remember like, it was sheesh. walking on campus because, you know, when, when I worked with a football team, most of the year, or all the years that I was there, made a bowl game. And so we had bowl practices starting right there after finals week. So I didn't get to leave. And so I'd be walking on campus. And it was, I think it was like the Friday night, eight o'clock Spanish final was getting out. I was like, I was walking past Haley Center when the bay were coming out. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Congrats. You did it. I'm End so of the semester. Sorry for you guys. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Brooks, let's go ahead and we'll take our next commercial break here on the program today. When we come back, we'll start moving along. We'll get closer to the finish line here on a Tuesday edition of Sports Call. If you missed it earlier, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer was on the program. You can listen to that conversation on our Sports Call podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola. Back in a moment, WTGZ Tiger 95.9. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call. Welcome back to the Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson with Brooks Childress and Brant Daughtry on a Tuesday. Uh, if you would like to call in and be a part of the program, you could do that. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 The college football playoff is set. Number one, Georgia. Number four, Ohio State. Number two, Michigan. Number three, TCU. Those matchups to be played on December 31st, and the two winners play one another for the national title game. This year, and then one more in 2023 with four teams in the playoff, and that's it. The following year, we will officially see it expand to 20 or 24. That'd be insane. Oh boy. To 12. Yes, please. Expand to 12 teams making the playoffs in 2024. That's where that number was in my head. Can you believe that people are against that? Like they want fewer important football games? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, do I expect a 12 seed to win the to win the national championship? No, because that's going to be UCF. Not not 
initially, no. But at some point, I think they will. Uh, more football games is a good thing. More important football games is a good thing. I want good teams to have an opportunity. And look, if if a number 12 seed just gets dominated, they'll play a five seed off the bat, right? Those will be super interesting. If a tw- if the number 12 team in the country can beat the number five team in the country, why, who's to say they can't beat the number one team in the country? You know, it's th- things like that. I, I personally love the 12 team format. Um, I don't think I want it to go any bigger, but I think that 12 can beat one. 64. Let's go all the way. 64. Let's do, do it. it. Let's do it. Starting mid-November. I do want to have this conversation. Six-game regular season. Well, you know, the, a lot of people talking about two versus three, or excuse me, three versus four in the debate of where Ohio State should be placed in this uh, in regards to avoiding a rematch of Michigan and Ohio State in the semifinal and trying to hold off until the national championship game for those two teams to play because if you were to put ohio state and tcu on the field who would win that game well every line that you look at in las vegas every single one would favor ohio state over tcu yeah and i did think it was an interesting conversation that folks had on the program yesterday uh maybe it was luke that called in talking about if you're georgia right and that's not fun for auburn people to be we don't want to be Georgia. We want to be Auburn. But let's say you are the number one team in the country. That's what I want Auburn to be. Do you want to play Ohio State in the semifinal? I don't know. I look if you are when you ask anybody you who are the best teams. If you ask if you have aspirations to be the national champion, you're going to have to face a tough yeah, competitor. You're absolutely. going to have to face somebody who's really freaking good in the national championship game. So whether you play them in the semifinal or the national championship game or both, you're going to have to beat a team that has had a very, very good year and has lost no more than one game. Because that, that is the precedent up until now. You can lose a maximum of one. What do you think, Brooks? I don't know. I If I'm Georgia, I don't know if I want to play Ohio State. They're Absolutely so not. Good. They're so good. And then, you know, they, they had the clunker against Michigan, but, and it, it kind of, you kind of led up to it because they did struggle with, uh, who was it, Maryland uh, a couple weeks before. Um, and Michigan has, has had some struggle games too. So I think Georgia is, you know, you, you look at their talent level, I think they're good enough to beat every single one of these teams in, in the playoff. Um, but I just don't I, I don't want to bet on Ohio State having another Michigan game, you know. If, and especially, even if Ohio State plays Michigan again, I, if I'm Michigan, I'm not going out there betting on them to have another Michigan game again because they're they're so talented. You've got a Heisman Trophy finalist as your quarterback, potentially the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, if if he like we were talked about in the previous segment, he picked up momentum from uh, Caleb Williams not having a good performance this weekend this past weekend. Um, um, and it's, there's not really – I guess if, if you looked at it, TCU is probably the team that I would most want to play because I think they've had a little bit more struggle Absolutely. Uh, than any of these other teams have this year. But it's it's still – like I, the top three, I wouldn't want to play either, any of the top three. Here's what we're not talking about. And it, when it comes to this Ohio State-Michigan game, 45-23 was the final score. That is a 22-point margin. That is massive. They – were blown out. Ohio State was winning at halftime. Yeah. Half the game, Ohio State was winning. And um, what was, uh, Blake like, Corum is no correct, longer on that. Or, on that or, Michigan team. Yeah, he's hurt. Out for the season with injury. It's, again, 
Georgia's going to win the national championship. They're the best team. It's been that way all season. I really think they're going to be able to win it all. But still, if I was Georgia, I would be so upset that you know the committee is saying we don't worry about potential rematches in the semifinals. Sure, whatever. I would be frustrated because if you ask anybody, and I want you to be honest on the spot, these four teams, rank them in order, who's the best team, and forget the resume stuff, and what you, who are the four best teams? Forget the resume stuff. Who are the four best teams? What are you What are you talking about? Who Forget the, the resume stuff. Teams? How are we supposed to? You play the teams that are put in front of you, right? So here's here's the thing that doesn't make sense to me, right? The argument is TCU better than Ohio State. I don't know. Are I don't they? know. I don't think so. But here's my thing, right? Everyone was arguing, will Bama get in because Bama deserves to? It, Bama might be a top four team. You know what Bama's best win on the season was? At number twenty, Texas. That was the best win they had right. all year. And that win justifies the argument for them being a top four team. TCU has that same win. And they have better wins than that. Yeah, TCU had a so good year. So you're, you're going to tell me that Bama, with that as their best win and a couple of losses, is a top four in terms of best. And TCU is not, even though they have a, you can argue they have a better resume than Alabama does. So don't, I. But this is, is Ohio State. It is Ohio the, State, but if you so State. so what, so if you have Bama versus Ohio State, who do you favor? That's a tough question. Is it? Yeah, I would favor Ohio State in that football. I would game. too, but would you favor them as much as you do TCU versus Ohio State? No, I think Alabama is better than TCU. For what reason? I just feel like if Alabama on their best day is playing football, that they're better than TCU. From a talent perspective, one hundred percent. Yeah, I agree with you. But look at the sky, look at their game. Right. Look at and how they, they lost, played this year. And they had two losses, and they were both look on at the, the final, football games that they have played. They were on the final play of the year, or final play of the year, final play of the games. They were on the road. On the road, they were tough environments. They were in a better conference. Because we're not going to argue. Not, the SEC West is not very good this year. But it's the SEC. But it's bad SEC. The SEC West would, is pretty bad this year. Would you say that the SEC right now is a better is a better or worse conference than the Big Twelve? I think as a whole, the Big Twelve or the SEC is better. But I'm not. Hold on. Let me let me look up TC. Let me look up TCU schedule real quick. I, I've got it in front of me. If you would like me to, I'm well, I've, now you. I've got it in okay. front of me. All How right. about that, All right. boss? All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let me say, because I look, I don't know, right? I'm just, and all we're doing is having conversation. Yeah, this, this is, is a conversation. Great. There's nothing hostile about this. Not yet. Let's see <laughs> who throws something soon. So Colorado, <coughs> Tarleton State, never heard of them. They beat Oklahoma. That's a big name, even though they're down this year. Kansas has been a good team. They're not ranked. Oklahoma State, West Virginia. They beat Kansas State. Kansas State, who then, you know, they're number 10 in the country right now. They beat them and then lost to them in the Big 12. Right. But, Texas, but I will, I'll make Texas an argument. Texas Tech, none of these are bad teams. I'll make the argument you beat Kansas State early in the season at home, and then you go away from home and you lose to them. That's fair. You beat Texas in Austin. Essentially a home game still for TCU against yeah, 20, Kansas Yeah, 20 miles. But, you know. Yeah kind of like George's. Look, I don't know. I'm just, I, 
I'm really frustrated with the way that nobody is giving TCU a chance in this. Do I think they're going to win? No. I would love for them but to I'm, win. But I'm rooting for them. I would love they're for the them to win. They're the team that I want I'm to win I'm rooting for them as well. I am. And look, I think they're a really good football team. I think Max Duggan is outstanding. I think they're a really good football team. I love that guy. And what the, like Sonny Dykes in his first year pulling this off at TCU. It's very impressive. Outstanding. I'm just I, if I was Georgia, so I would be upset chance. that you're playing number four Ohio State. Yeah, that's awful. Well, Ohio's, because of the four teams, okay, TCU the is the worst. I want to play. The here's worst. the thing. Do you okay? I have two points here. Do you okay. think Georgia cares? Because I think Georgia thinks that they can railroad anybody. Sure. I think you're, the other I think thing, they have that mindset, but I do think they want to play for a national look, championship. Look at the last games that they've played. In the last game that Ohio State played, that was you know a serious game. They got railroaded. In the second half. They got absolutely blown out. In the out. second half. Okay, the half that matters. Yeah. The, that the, decided the game. What You're was right. the final score of that game? A whole lot to not much. Right. That was the last time Ohio State took the football field. Sure. The last time that TCU took the football field, they had the most emotional, gut-wrenching, incredible comeback that, that it was by far the most entertaining of the conference championship games. So here's, so do you real? Would you rather not play the team that just got blown out? Because you just watch them lose. You know they can. You know how to beat them. The the book is out there. We get is to find not? out on December thirty first. Absolutely. What is today? The sixth. Yep. Thirty one minus six is twenty five. Quick math. Twenty five days. It's so long. It's so long between two football games. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that'll be the semifinals, college football playoff. Final break of the show. A nightly TV guy comes up next here on Sports Call. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Final few moments of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show here today. J.J. Jackson with Brooks Childress and Brant Autry inside our studios here on South College Street. Fun show for you on this Tuesday. Again, the Sports Call podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk, Coca-Cola. Taste the feeling. That podcast is available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and the Tiger Communications app. And then also remember, our show can now be heard on Amazon Alexa devices. Hey Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn and you're listening to Auburn's First in Auburn's favorite sports talk show. All right, uh, we're going to get out of here in just a moment. Tomorrow's show will be on the air at 3 o'clock. Tom Peavy's back with us. We'll have a couple of fun interviews lined up for you to enjoy on the program tomorrow. And uh, then onward we go. Thursday, Tiger Talk is coming back. It'll be uh, live from Victory Grill as Brad Law and Andy Burcham will be on hand. And uh, that should be a fun show, of course. And then Saturday, 
Auburn basketball taking on Memphis. Sunday, Auburn women's basketball taking on Louisiana. So not busy as it has been because, again, it's finals week and not as many events are taking place. But nonetheless, we got some things on the schedule this week, fellas. Yeah, it's going to be a fun uh, it's fun back half to the week because you, you get kind of a lot of people wrapping up their finals at the end of the week. Uh, I know Auburn basketball, we, we talked about earlier, they're off practice today. They're back, back in the practice gym tomorrow. And so they'll continue to prepare for that Memphis game, Tiger Talk, on Thursday. You'll get talk to uh, hear from Bruce Pearl, I'm sure, and a couple of the other coaches around the Auburn program. And then back at it Saturday, it should be a big game in, in uh, Atlanta. We talked about it earlier. Uh, this is the third year in a row they've been in Atlanta. They played Memphis to, the first year. They were up there. Well, not the third year in a row because you had 2020, but th- this is the third time they've, they've participated in this in Memphis, Nebraska, and now back to Memphis. And so uh, – should be a really really fun event on saturday once again there's a couple other games up there i think lsu's up there clemson's going to be back up there for a game so a big afternoon in atlanta for uh for college basketball and of course like you said the women back in action uh against louisiana on sunday should be a really fun game inside neville arena as well i will be on the call for that one for the sec network plus alongside joe champy so you can watch some women's basketball this upcoming weekend all right before we get out of here here's our tv guide our show is about to end but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. It is the Sports Call Nightly TV Guide and it is brought to you by our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Stop by your local TK's convenience store. Enjoy a variety pack of White Claw and uh, yeah, have some fun. Brooks, Yo. what is on television tonight? Uh, one movie for you this evening. It is the holiday season, so the holiday classic uh, Elf is on at 7 o'clock on AMC. That is your only movie pick this evening, so if you want to watch a movie, that's the one I'm giving you. Go watch that one. College basketball action for you tonight. A big slate of college basketball starting at 6 o'clock on ESPN. Big game is two ranked teams taking uh, face off in the Jimmy V Classic. Illinois taking on number two, Texas, uh, to start things off. And later slate, 8.30 on ESPN. Iowa takes on the Duke Blue Devils up there, the G- uh, Jimmy V Classic. At Madison Square Garden. Yep. So the first game on ESPN, Dan Schulman and Jay Billis. And then they will flip-flop, and Dan Schulman will partner with Dick Vitale for the Duke and Iowa game, similar to what they did for the Champions Classic yeah. when Duke played Kansas and Kentucky played Michigan State. Last time, Dickie V did not do the Duke game, and Jay Billis did the Duke game, so they're switching roles tonight, uh-huh. and uh, Dan Schulman's going to get to drive both those broadcasts. Good luck to him. Yeah, no kidding. Both those guys. Uh, six... Uh, 6 o'clock on ESPNU. You got a little rivalry action in the uh, city of brotherly love as St. Joseph's takes on Temple. Uh, ESPN2 basketball action tonight starting at 6 o'clock on ESPN2. Uh, Georgia takes on Georgia Tech. The clean, old-fashioned hate the basketball court rivalry take, uh, from McCamish Pavilion up in Atlanta. Our buddy Wes Durham will be the play-by-play announcer for that one. How about that? Uh, you know, just has to roll, roll down the street from Mercedes-Benz That's Stadium. Right. Uh, then at uh, 8 o'clock on ESPN2, Maryland takes on Wisconsin, a big matchup in the Big Ten. They've already started conference play, and so that's another conference game. 7.30 on FS1. North Carolina Central visits Marquette. And then NBA action tonight, starting off at 6.30 on TNT. The Los Angeles Lakers head east to take on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Follow that up. LeBron's back home. Well, I mean, he's been back home. He is from Cleveland. Back home, but he is. Is uh, is Shetty Osman still on the Cavs? And Kevin Love. Okay. I forget that Kevin Love is still playing basketball. Yep. 
Uh, but yeah, the Lakers and the Cavs at 6.30 and the 9 o'clock, the follow-up to that on TNT. Luka and Dallas Mavericks take on uh, Jokic and the Nuggets. And that is a look at your nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Yes, indeed. A fun nightly TV guy. Are you guys upset that that Steph Curry video wasn't real? A little bit. A little heartbroken. I'm, I would be more upset if it was real because that shouldn't happen. No man should be able <laughs> no to do that. No man should be able to do that. I, well, you and I were talking about it earlier in yeah. the office, JJ. It's the fact that there were some people who were like, hey, this might be possible is a testament to how freaking good Steph He's Curry is. He's insanely good at the game of basketball, that's for sure. Brant, we'll see you soon. Yes, you will. Thank Brooks, you for having thanks me. thanks for everything you do. We'll see you soon as well. All righty. And that's going to do it for today's show of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Thanks again to Justin Ferguson for stopping by as well. For Brant Daughtry, Brooks Childress, I'm J.J. Jackson. Thank you and good day.